Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. First and foremost, I want to do a little preamble here uh, before the preamble. You know, I want to basically break down the fourth wall here as Andy and I recorded this uh, literally on September 30th of 2022. Um, And this episode is going to drop on Christmas Eve, December 24th of 2022. And yes, that is three months ago. And I I do apologize. Uh, Life happened. Um, I was unable to get this out nearly as promptly as I wanted to. That's not how High Five Tom, you know, usually rolls. And for that, I'm truly sorry. Uh, You know, life kind of, like I did mention, life did kind of happen. And also, um, I wanted to do a little trigger warning on this episode as the topics broach in this episode. Um approaching this episode and for some reason it was tough to write said trigger warning i don't know why it really shouldn't have been i i don't have any excuses it just happened so andy my friend uh when you listen to this or any friends or family of andy i appreciate you doing this with me uh next time we get you back on it will not nearly take this long for it to come out uh so high fivers uh thank you for hanging in there with me i have several showcases planned uh some of your favorite guests are coming back and i got some new ones uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh now on to the trigger warning that took me forever to write Uh, real quick, uh, high flyers and high fivers. Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and I just really kind of want to do a quote unquote trigger warning here before we get into the episode. Uh, you know, this is a um, this is a review of the 1989 dark comedy masterpiece, Heather's. Yes, uh, definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, definitely one of Andy's favorite movies of all time. Obviously, we'll get into the podcast, but uh, ultimately, the reason for the trigger warning is per the fact that. Plus, movie does revolve around teen suicide, and obviously that you know is a subject that can be dramatic uh, to people. So I do want people to, um, if that is an issue for uh, issue for you, uh, skip the episode. You know, I mean, I I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. You know, that is never ever my intention. You know, I don't want to scare anyone away or you know cause harm to anyone. You know, on the surface, you know, you know, looking at this movie, it may seem to glorify teen suicide. Uh, however, without spoiling too much of the content of said podcast, uh, we believe the intentions of the producers and directors and everyone involved in this movie um, was not to make light of teen suicide. I don't, I truly, truly believe that's not what they meant to do, uh, but really to exhibit the hows and whys, um, hows and whys of teen suicide, and really ultimately just mock the reactions of teen suicide from the adults in said situation. Uh, This is our interpretation of the movie. Uh, This is what we feel was the director's intentions. And the fact of the matter is, um, this is subject to Andy and I, you know, not to get too personal in in our lives, uh, but we have dealt with this subject in our lives, you know, both as teens and later in life. And we totally didn't see it as a glorification. And uh, as you hear more about it, I I I did go on a 15-minute tirade of my middle school guidance counselor. Um, So we also think the adults... Um, are the big ones being ridiculed. So, other than that, sit back as me and one of my oldest friends uh, showcase we have enjoyed together for 30 years. Yes, that's 3 0. Uh, so, real quick program now, also, uh, there's many amazing clips from this movie. 
too many to count, uh, so normally I sprinkle them throughout the episode. Uh, but this time I'm just going to do one big one at the beginning and then one big one uh, towards the end. So thank you so much, High Flyers. I hope everyone enjoy. Now sit back and enjoy Andy's and I review of the movie Heathers. be digesting food there. Yeah, where's your urge to purge? Fuck it. Look, if you're gonna openly be a bitch, it's just Heather, why can't we talk to different kinds of people? Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? Dear diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. Heather and I used to go out, but she said I was boring. But now I realize I really wasn't boring. It's just that she was dissatisfied with her life. Give me down a million bucks to sit on my face and have a ride like the Kentucky Derby. It's got to be the most spooky-ass question I ever heard. All right, this is important. After taxes are only beginning... She should pay me, though. You go to the zoo, you get a lion, and then you put a remote control bomb up its butt, and then there's social security, legal fees. You push the button on the bomb, and you and the lion die like one. Love your cardigan. Thanks. What about like milk and orange juice? What's the upchuck factor on that? I'm a no rest build up man myself. You must break that the other teenagers of Sherwood, Ohio know the name of that righteous dude who can solve their problems. It's Jesus Christ, and he's in the book. I got that money, I'd give it all to the homeless. Every cent. You're beautiful. Did you hear? School's canceled today because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact. No way! You belly flopped in front of a car wearing a suicide note. Is she dead? No, that's the punchline. She's alive and in stable condition. Just another case of a geek trying to imitate the popular people of the school and failing miserably. Is that pate? To me, though, suicide is the natural answer to the myriad of problems life has given me. That's good, but Heather would never use the word myriad. This is the last thing she'll ever write. She's going to want to cash in on as many 50-cent words as possible. I'm just so thrilled. To finally have an example of the profound sensitivity of which a human animal is capable. That example is Heather Chandler. Hi, this is Veronica Sawyer. Yeah, I didn't expect to be calling either. I guess my emotions took over. Seems we were in a similar position on Monday when I thoughtfully suggested we get everybody together for an unadulterated emotional outpouring. But no, you took this 
as an opportunity to play yet another round of Let's Laugh at the Hippie. We meet the bitches. Oh, beautiful. The beaver's home. All we want is to be treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronized like bunny rabbits. I don't patronize bunny rabbits. Truman, you need a VHS copy of all this by Monday for my Princeton application. Uh-huh. My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. How do you think he'd react to his son that had a limp wrist with a pulse? God, suicide, why? Does this answer your question? Sorry to hear about your friend. Thought she was your usual airhead bitch. Guess I was wrong. Dear God, please make sure this never happens to me because I don't think I can handle suicide. Fast early acceptance into an Ivy League school and please let it be Harvard. Amen. Jesus, God in heaven, why'd you have to kill such hot snatch? It's a joke, man. Jeez, people are so serious. Hail Mary, who aren't in heaven, pray for all the sinners so we don't get caught. Another joke, man. I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Alleluia. Hi, I'm sorry. Technically, I did not kill Heather Chandler, but hey, who am I trying to kid, right? I just want my high school to be a nice place. Amen. Did that sound bitchy? If you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being and be a game show host. Our way is not our way. Oh, yeah, tell that to the judge, all right? Are we going to prom or to hell? If I have to sing Kumbaya one more time. Hey, I've got a meaningfully marked up Moby Dick. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. Whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. That, that, that knife is filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? Excuse me, I think I know Heather a little bit better than you do. If she was going to slit her wrist, the knife would be spotless. No one can stop JD. Not the FBI, the CIA, or the PTA. Let's start by putting the bomb down on the ground. I knew that. I've gotten everyone to sign this petition. Even the ones who think Big Fun are tuneless Euro fags. <laughs> Fuck you all. It's not very subtle, but uh, neither's blowing up a whole school now, is it? What a waste. Oh, the humanity. Don't mess with me. You'll be back. Who's that guy in the coat think he is anyways? Bo Diddley? <laughs> I did not want them dead. You did too. I did not. Did too. I did not. Did too. I did not. Did too. Did not. Did too. Did not. Did, did too. not. Did not. Sir, shut died. up. I did not want them to. Oh, come on, you Mary did. You're just a not. Little lab, little lab, little I know lab. what you. Oh, I <laughs> Young love. Not a rebel. You're fucking psychotic. You say tomato, I say tomato. Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? If I get one more request for that big fun song, I'm gonna commit suicide. Playing our song. Here it is. Teenage suicide. Don't do it. 
Yeah, I just got back. Put your hands on your head. He didn't say Simon Says. He's going to care about exact handwriting. How are you? go for the whole sentence myself but this is perfecto eskimo you know it's so uh mysterious eskimo damn it's your turn heather What up, High Fivers? It's your boy High Five Tom, and I've got a, a familiar voice on the other end here. Uh, a couple of firsts here. Well, actually, one first is uh, first time we're getting a returning guest. Andy, how you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, I'm well. I'm I'm capital. That's a, that's a good way to be. So, um, if yeah, if everyone remembers, Andy was on episode two point two, where we read the classic classic movie. Also from the early 90s, Hunt for Red October. Uh, but this time we're going in a little bit different direction. Um, you know, as I said, the last review I did was a movie that I'd never seen before. But this movie's the exact opposite because I've probably watched this movie probably well over a dozen times at least in the past 15 years. So, and ironically enough, the copy I watched this DVD, uh, Andy gave me for Christmas back in... Uh, I was still living on Oakland Avenue, so that was 20 years ago. So that tells you how far back we go with this movie. So, uh, but in case you haven't, in case you can't read, um, and then you know, if you skip the little trigger warning at the beginning that I did, uh, we are reviewing the 1989 dark comedy classic Heather's. It's a it's a masterpiece. I don't give a shit anyone says. Um, but Andy and I actually have a little bit slash a lot of it of history. So Andy, you remember the first time this movie came into your life? Uh, you know, I don't recall it in particular. What I what I remember is we would watch this movie frequently, you know, when you're teenagers and you have like a half dozen films available to you and you watch them over and over again. Yeah. I think we watched this when we would hang out by hang up hang out at your place yeah yeah first time we uh was i remember i don't know how i remember so clearly but yeah i was on hbo uh my dad had cable so when you and clay would come visit my dad when i was in my dad's house um shout out to clay uh the other person i've known for longer than most people i've known in my life um yeah we caught the ending of the movie randomly one time and then yeah we just decided what the what like what the fuck did we just watch you know, we're 13, 14 at the time. Um, but yeah, and this, yeah, it just seemed to be like every time we went to my dad's house, it just happened to be on all the fucking time. Um, so we saw, so this movie came out in 89, and we probably first saw it probably two, three times. Yeah, probably that summer of 90, 91, something like that. So we were 12, 13. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, back in the day, we're, can I go on an old guy rant here? Oh yeah, of course. You watched you watched what was on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, and we were fortunate to have HBO, so we had options. Yeah. 
<laughs> you didn't you didn't have the an entire uh, library of fifty years of movies available at your fingertips. So whatever was on, you watched. Yeah, and we were just very fortunate. This was on a lot, so. Um, and like I talked about in the preamble, um, you know, this kind of, I mean, I obviously gave a little background. So, yeah, Andy and I were, and Clay were 13, 14, 15. And our high school, well, actually our school actually just had two teen suicides probably within six months of us first seeing this movie. Um, but even, like you said, in, in pre-production, like being the wise, worldly teenagers we were, we didn't think of that really when we watched this movie. Um, you know, so obviously people have different takes, but this is just more of a dark comedy for us. I thought it was fucking hilarious. So, yeah, and there was, I mean, I think we, um, I, I, I recall frequently rewinding it, especially when we had the VHS tapes, like we would seek out the certain spots that we liked. And I'm <laughs> sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, that, get into that in the next four hours or whatever it takes here. Um, yeah, yeah. There was kind of some absurdity that I think we picked up on. Like anytime you start watching a movie a dozen times, you you notice some things that yeah, become yeah. funnier than the broader narrative itself. Yeah, you know, so something about dead gay sons and well placed <laughs> nose blowings and <laughs> fuck the boss, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> great movie, but uh, just kind of give a little background here. Um, so I actually don't have like the directors and writers names. I know, I guess the guy that wrote this movie script was originally was slating for Stanley Kubrick to direct the movie. Um, I mean, yeah, for this guy, I guess so, I mean, it was, it was more written like basically Stanley Kubrick just tearing down, you know, because listen, this came out in 89 and for, for younger high fibers, you not, may not realize the eighties, but obviously we have some older ones. I mean, all the teen movies were John Hughes, you know, 16 Candles, um, Breakfast Club, which I do enjoy. You know, you had the rascal, rascally, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, still a great movie, um, but really didn't really reflect the teen life as what this movie really was. So, I mean, we'll get too deep into the, the socioeconomic aspect of this movie, but um, yeah. And I listened to a couple podcasts and they really kind of regurgitated the commentary and when I watched the commentary, it was kind of, I don't know, it was a little uppity to me. But, yeah, I guess this guy tried to pitch it to Kubrick, so that would have been interesting. That that would have been something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, cast of a very young character. And like I said, none of these people were very popular when this movie first started. Um, obviously, we've got the, the stars of the movie. Um, Veronica, who's not even a Heather, uh, played by a 15-year-old Winona Ryder. Um, yeah, and I know they definitely had some issues with her work permit because she can only work certain hours. So there are certain cuts where it's more stunt double. And uh, we've got a 19-year-old Jack Nicholson impersonator, Christian Slater. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that, that oftentimes comes to mind whenever I watch this movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, in his defense, I mean, he it really did play that way. Um, you know, I mean, I think that was, oh, I mean, I, I, I thought, I mean, he did kind of stick with that shtick later on in his career a little much, but, <laughs> um, but all I remember Christian Slater before this was gleaming the cube. I don't remember if you, if you saw that movie, 
I think I've seen it. I I know what you're talking about. I yeah. can't recall the. It is a skating movie, right? Yeah, skateboard movie. So, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, that was my first all nighter over at Patrick O'Grady's house. We watched Gleaming the Cube. So that was that was the first time I ever stayed up all night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of which, remember that time where I think it was me, you, Clay, and Dave. We all had that bet who could stay up the longest. Who won that? I think Dave and I tied at like seventy-two hours or something like that. So. God, we were really dumb. Yeah, I, I probably didn't stick that out very much because I, I enjoy sleep. Yeah, so I remember yeah, Dave and I one time walking through Delafield singing Life is a Highway at like 5.30 in the morning and running to my dad at the fucking gas station. It's like, what are you doing up so early? I'm like, I haven't gone to bed yet. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking, but <laughs> So, shout out to Dave Woodmire. I'm not sure where you're at. I know you're in Minnesota somewhere. Hope all is well, so hopefully I wouldn't mind to reconnect with that guy someday, but... You know, that's another story, so. <laughs> Man, Andy, we were dumb teenagers, so. Uh, you know, I think you can just leave it at we were teenagers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at least a lot of the statute of limitations, a lot of that shit is dropped. But, um, but yeah, obviously this movie's got, um, so I guess her name's Kim Walker, one that plays Heather number one, Heather Chandler, which I guess was Christian Slater's real-life girlfriend. That's fine. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, she did a great job. She was an amazing bitch. I really wanted to punch that bitch in the mouth a few times. So, um, um, when she when she met her, I mean, she she definitely met her demise, and that was um, welcome. Yeah, yeah, and it was quick too. I mean, she was only in the first quarter of the movie. Um, spoiler alert. So, I mean, I'm assuming people that are listeners have seen the movie. Um, and then obviously, um, Lisa Ann Folk, I guess, played Heather McNamara. Uh, I guess she's done a little bit, but then the other one was Heather Duke was a a sixteen year old uh, Shannon Doherty, mm-hmm. and uh, Andy. I don't know if you remember Shannon Doherty. Kind of had a reputation for not being a pleasant person to work with. Um, the commentators actually compared her to Mussolini. So I mean, you got a sixteen year old girl mm-hmm. compared to an Italian fascist, even at that age, huh? Yeah. So, wow. I did not like. I did not. Did not know that she started that that young with that reputation. Yeah. So, but man, I mean, she, I mean, she was in a lot of stuff. But I guess her parents were Baptists, um, and she she couldn't she wouldn't say goddamn, but she had no problem asking people why they pulling her dick. You know, so that was always an interesting dichotomy. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, well, because, really yeah, she. I mean, that's not taking the Lord's name in vain. No, I I guess not. So yeah. Um, you know, there's some distinctions there, right? Yeah. And uh, some other bit players, um, no one I really recognized. Um, but, I mean, even – I want to say the extras, but the minimal players, everyone did a great job in this movie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different nuances, you know, so. The uh, dude that the dude that played um, – the guy that played Ram. Yeah. Um, I think he's on – I think he was on NCIS. He was uh, – Oh, really? Yeah, I, I I don't watch that show. I just like have seen it. Yeah, like I know of it. Like the guy looked familiar to me, and I that's kind of where I placed them. Huh. So yeah, like is it, was he? He wasn't a regular though. Was he just every once in a while. No, I think he was a regular. I don't know the character's name, oh. but I'm pretty sure he was on NCIS. We could probably go to the it's internet cool. movie database at some point here and check that out if you wanted. I can't. I don't know the guy's name. Yeah. I don't know the character he played on NCIS. Hmm. I don't regularly watch that shit. Yeah. Um, 
It's not a bad. I mean, it's not a bad show, but I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. I watch a lot of garbage television. I just don't watch that. Yeah, we don't watch that garbage television. So, <laughs> um, and obviously the 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 pastor was Glenn Shaddix. I think his name was, and he, he's definitely a character actor. But I mean, best known for Beetlejuice and this. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. Beetlejuice. And he's fucking perfect in this goddamn movie. Yeah. What else was that guy in? Probably, I mean, yeah, we'll check out on the break, but I'm sure a lot of other shit. Um, I want the sixth sense brings it. I mean, that's or the fifth elements or something like that. So, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, that that's that that sounds right. I want to say maybe Demolition Man, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, if we only had this thing that Al Gore invented that we could look these kind of things up. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll get to that later, but yeah, that'd be interesting, but yeah, he's definitely one of those character actors that, I mean, you see all the time, so, um, but yeah, other than that, Andy, before we dive into the, the actual movie here, do you have anything you want to add about the cast or anything or, um, any memories? I did not, I'm, I am surprised that, um, I did not realize that Winona Ryder was only 15 and that Shannon Doherty was only 16. And, yeah, um, you know, usually when you get people to play these parts in movies, they're a lot older. Yeah. <laughs> but they were they were legit, legit teenagers. So, yeah, which which is that's which interesting. Um, and I know Heather Graham was slated to play Heather McNamara, but her parents pulled her out at the last minute after they read the whole script. <laughs> um, I know Justine Bateman of what was she in? Wasn't she a TV show with Family Matter or Family Ties? Right? I think Justine Bateman. Uh, yeah, she was in Family Ties. Yep. Um, was slated to play Veronica, and I think John, I think Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp maybe tried out for JD, but I guess they were too nice. But yeah, I mean, it was all pretty much. It was funny because all the main characters were pretty young, but. Like I guess all the extras, like when you see all the extras in schools, are all like in their twenties and thirties. So, <laughs> yeah. And of course, I was disappointed to find out that this was not actually filmed in Sherwood, Ohio. And the fact that there is a Sherwood, Ohio, is actually a pure coincidence. Um, all filmed in California. Not as disappointed as when I found out the Great Outdoors was filmed in California, not in Wisconsin. <laughs> was out. that was that really soul crushing to you? Like, did you need time to recover from that? For some odd reason, yeah, that actually really shoot pissed me off. Like, God damn, I mean, it would have been a good, I mean, good influx of people. For I mean, we've all been in northern Wisconsin; it's beautiful. It would have been a lot of fun places, but yeah, yeah. For some odd reason, I don't know why I felt betrayed by that. That's that I'm not even exaggerating. So <laughs> I think I take my Wisconsinness a little too seriously sometimes. You were, so. you were bent out of shape about that, huh? Yeah, great movie though. I mean, shout out to John Candy, but, uh, but yeah. Well, we start off with uh, a version of K. Seurat, Seurat, sung by Doris Day, I think. And I guess this is an old an old Hitchcock movie. Um, you know, it was just kind of a random pick, but it worked. You know, and we, we kind of get our introduction to uh, the three Heather or yeah, the three Heathers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess there's, um, listen, we talked about Preeper. I guess there's a play, the Heathers, and I guess they actually kind of dig into the pre-story and stuff like that. So how Veronica met them and how she became a Heather and everything. So ah. I guess she, yeah, they liked her cause she could forge notes, which obviously comes into play later. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, the three of them come walking, and then we get to clip their playing croquet, uh, talking, and you know, it's beautiful music. And then, of course, they walk through a bunch of rose bushes and, you know, show they're kind of not nice people. Um, yeah, and I guess the, they pick croquet because it's uh, the most civilized yet most vicious game. I never really pictured croquet as vicious, um, except people assaulting each other with croquet mallets and ECW or GCW. Um, but uh, good yeah. wrestling pull, nice. Yeah, I mean it, it all. It all comes back to wrestling. So, um, but yeah, and then Heather McNamara, Heather number three. I guess this is the last scene that was shot, and she had cut her hair previously, so you could tell she got a really shitty wig on. So, oh, I didn't. Wow. And so this is my first question on the movie. So the, the scene ends, and they shoot, and Veronica is buried in the ground. And they hit her in the head with a croquet or with a croquet ball. With the ball, yeah, yep. Like, I think it's a dream sequence. That's what I, yeah. I was thinking, but I mean, yeah, it's a dream. It's a dream sequence because then they like cut. There's a cutaway to her in school. Like, yeah, it was just they're sitting at like sitting at lunch with with the other girls. Yeah, so, it was, um, I just thought that was weird. Um. Yeah, so I mean, but I guess there's some symbolism that someone is, I'm stealing this from somebody else, but I guess in Croquet, there's a pin, which is the turning point of the game. I don't know Croquet. Um, I guess the only exposure I have is in wrestling. Um, but I guess that's the turning point in the game. And I guess this is Veronica's turning point in her relationship with the Heathers, which we don't even know because this is how the movie started. I don't want to get too fancy into like theories or anything, but. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Symbolism, man. That's that's deep. It could be. Um, yeah, and actually, just so real quick, I'm going to throw this theory out here before we even get started. What are the chances that um, JD wasn't even real? Ooh, I should I, I should have texted you this. So this is something I'm totally stealing someone else's theory from a shitty podcast. So I don't want to mention them by name, but. Is this uh, one of those podcasts you have Twitter beef with? No, no, no. That's yeah. That's <laughs> well, I told you what. Yeah, no. This is. Um, you know, I, I I have never thought of that until you mentioned it. Um, but JD does not really have. Uh, no, because he he, he interacts talks, with people. He talks to he talks to uh, the Shannon Doherty character. Yeah. So, so he, he no, I would I would pour cold water on that theory. That's bullshit. Yeah. He just seems to show up everywhere, which we'll get into. So um, but next is uh like, like Andy said, we're back in the high school, and you know, it's the big, big cafeteria scene. And I guess this actually this was shot inspired by um oh my god, full metal jacket. Speaking of uh um Stanley Kubrick, so um, I had something funny to say here, but I don't remember. But, but it, you know, Andy, obviously going back, this was a generation or two before I went to high school, but it just shows not much has fucking changed. You know, I mean, this wasn't much. I mean, granted, we were too cool to hang out in the cafeteria. You know, as, as high, high schoolers, we were those kids hanging out in the hallway. You know, you could always track Tom by his fucking... <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly messily left in the hallway all the time. So really, 
Yeah, I remember those days. So <laughs> I, I'd save my lunch money and I just spent 25 cents on a peanut butter and jelly and spend my lunch money on other shit, but that's another story itself. So probably spend a whole podcast talking about the illicit shit you bought with your uh, squirreled away lunch money. Yeah. And if I couldn't afford it, I just took it. But that's, yeah. <laughs> they don't call me the hamburger for nothing, but. Thank goodness, you know, that the statute of limitations is on that. So, um, yeah, but then we find out that Heather wants to write um, a letter to Martha Dump Truck. Um, and this is Heather Chandler's first um, class. I mean, she may have been a bitch, but, dude, she came up with some fucking lines. But, yeah, where she wanted to know for shower, or shower nozzle master. <laughs> So yeah, there, there's some um, – I I think one of the things that drives the movie is the dialogue, especially yeah. in the first – like the first half. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to get some, some pretty quick here. <laughs> um, but the music in here was pretty epic. Um, it was kind of – you know, it was definitely Friday the 13th, you know, um, inspired – uh, but basically, to make a long story short, they wanted Veronica to forge a note uh, that the captain of the football team wanted to hang out with Martha Dump. No offense to Miss Martha Dump Truck. Um, you know, this there's a lot of parts of this movie where you really have to suspend disbelief on certain things. Um, the timeline of this movie is definitely one of them, but we'll we'll get into that. So. Um, yeah, a side note, I guess they had a, a tough time casting Martha Dump Truck because, I mean, all the all the, how do I put it? All the other people were a little too cute, and they needed someone that didn't kind of look the part. Yeah. Okay, so, um, they say the lady that played this was was a real professional and champ about it. So, because she doesn't have any lines, you know, because all of her dia- all of her dialogue is. I think the only line she has is like, "I'd really like that" at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. When Veronica offers to watch movies with her or do something, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's like that's actually, I mean, that's difficult for an actor to pull off. Yeah, I mean, when when you're talking or when you're talking without speaking, so yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, basically, oh, it's something I guess the writer's sister used to do, so that's what they used to do. But Andy, we've got our first lunchtime poll. The po- the lunchtime polls. You know, when I watched this recently, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, another classic Heather Chandler line here. She, um, Heather Chandler, you know, it's like, she's like, God damn it, Heather. You knew what I, or uh, you were in study hall. I came up with it. He can be such a pillowcase sometimes. I was like, <laughs> brilliant. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I forgot. Yeah. Um, and then after that, um, Betty Finn runs into Veronica and Betty Finn and Veronica used to be friends, but Betty Finn is, um, it's kind of like the nerdy girl, you know. We all kind of knew the nerdy girl in school. So, um, actually, Andy, speaking of which, do you know who played Betty Finn by any chance, or who, more importantly, who she's related to? Um, hmm. You know, when I she looked vaguely familiar to me, and then I thought I need to look up who that is, but I never, I, I didn't. She had a brother that filmed a movie in Milwaukee where said brother had a really, really good time. Oh, you know, when I saw the credits, I saw an Estevez name. Yep. Yeah. So this is Emilio yep. Estevez and Martin or uh Okay. 
Okay. Um, that was Sheen's sister. Um, okay. Like, yes, shoot sister. So, um, she did yeah, great. Well, I think she didn't do much more. So, yeah, I, what was her first name? Was I can't remember what it was, but I saw that. I saw it in the credits at the end, and I didn't didn't put Renee, one one together there. I think it might have been Renee, maybe. Could be. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of funny. So I mean, that was just kind of a coincidence. They didn't know that was when they cast her. So, um, and then this is kind of a, a stretch here. Um, but I guess so it's Betty Finn and Veronica Sawyer. So I guess there's a comic strip where there's a Betty and Veronica are best friends and then Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. But I don't, that's really pushing it. I don't see, cause they weren't really best friends in the movie. So I don't know what the fuck they were going for there, but sometimes, sometimes these writers get a little too cute for themselves and these guys, they, they might, yeah, they might really get, get full of their own, their own, um, references. Yeah. But, uh. But uh, at that point, Miss uh, um, Dump Truck gets note, and she goes over to Kurt and Ram to show them said note, and unfortunately, she's laughed out. Um, you know, you know, I don't know for some odd reason that shit always kind of bothered me. I hated bullies like that. So, but you know, um, oh yeah, and then basically, so they go back to the lunchtime poll. And they ask all the, the cool kids. Um, and we get some really fucking douchey answers. <laughs> um, like, you know, Heather Chandler's like, oh, I like your cardigan. And one guy's like, I totally blew my allowance at the mall last night partying. <laughs> and then the one guy's like, I just slide that wad over to my father because he is like the top broker of the state and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the younger high fivers, a mall is a facility with a collection of um, retail establishments that was yeah. usually indoors that one could go and spend a lot of time at. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the good old days. So, um, but, and then uh, Veronica's is like, you know, and then she's just like, "You're beautiful," and obviously Heather Chandler. I mean, she's obviously being sarcastic, and then. Brock is like, why can't we ask other people? And that's where shit gets interesting. So, um, this is remember the guy with that he wants to stick the bomb up the lion's butt. <laughs> yeah, so him, the lion, him and the lion can become one. Yeah, that was definitely one of the ones that me and you watched a lot. Uh, make a long story short, she's talking to Stillers like, so I go to the zoo and I buy a lion and I stick a bomb up the lion's butt. And then you and the lion. Oh, we actually didn't even go over the the, the question. Yeah, so, the que- the question. What was the question? If you had a, if you, if if, if you won. Oh, yeah, they were they were they were busting on Ed McMahon, man. Yeah, they're like, um, so <laughs> aliens cold. land on the planet, and say that they're going to blow up the planet in two days, but the same day you win five million dollars from Publishers Clearinghouse. And or no, it's like the same day that um, you win partial clearing. The same day, big Ed, that Ed guy gives you the check. Aliens are going to blow up the planet in two days. So, um, and that's I, I just love that. And then uh, they ask Ram, Ram, and Kurt, and um, Kurt's like, "I'd pay Madonna to sit on my face and have a ride like the Kentucky Derby." <laughs> Oh, um, that that line also stuck with me for a majority of my life. But uh, this is where we're introduced to Jason Dean, uh, the character played by Christian Slater, um, as we referred to earlier, the Jack Nicholson imitator. Um, 
you know, and then of course JD is supposed to be a you know initials for juvenile delinquents and James Dean and all this <laughs> other crap. I'm like, you guys are kind of pushing it, but and then he's like, you know, he's like, well, we've got a what's called a lunchtime poll. He's like, well, there are no stupid questions. And then Veronica asks questions like, that's the stupidest question I ever heard. <laughs> um, and he gets back and, you know, gets all fancy. He's like, oh, I go to, I get out on a lake and I grab my sacks and I play some Bach, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, and then Veronica's like, so hustle very, hustle very. So they're, uh, very bilingual here. So, um, but yeah. And then Kurt and Ram, uh, they're not fans. You know, um, so they go to cost JD, but they can't beat them up because they're seniors now. <laughs> that that comes up frequently. Dude, we're seniors now. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, now, keep in mind when I bring this language up, this is from the movie. This is not Andy and I speaking. Uh, but basically, the line is, you know, they walk up JD's like, you know, they kind of harass them, blah, 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 blah. They're like, what's your boyfriend say when you said you're going to move to Sherrill, Ohio? He's like, hey, Ram, isn't there a uh, no figs allowed policy? And then uh, JD's like, well, there seems to be an open door policy for assholes. <laughs> um, so we see JD's quick wit. Um, and then he gets up and he shoots them. <laughs> um, Things escalated quickly. Yeah. Um, so this is where the big difference where you probably coucouldn't get away with that now, but the 80s things were a little different. Um, yeah, well, we didn't have like 30 years of yeah, mass shootings and mass shootings and gun violence yeah. <laughs> behind um, us where people don't have a sense of humor about these things anymore. Yeah, and then uh, we clip and Veronica and the Heathers are playing, and uh, basically, you're like, they're not gonna expel him, they're just gonna spend him for a week or two. And then Veronica's like, the only thing, you know, that uh, they ruined was a pair of shorts. And she's like, can you bleach out urine stains? <laughs> um, and then uh, Heather, yeah, so Heather Chandler, who we're going to refer to as Heather number one, uh, sends out Heather Duke, Heather number two, while they're playing croquet. So I guess that's a bad thing. Um, and then Heather number two pulls some crazy shot out of nowhere. She bounces off a statue or a tree and goes through the thing in the ground and you know, Heather Chandler loses it, being the bitch that she is. So, but Andy, with, we the, with the shooting, did you kind of get the foreshadowing element there? Because he shoot, he was doing the, he shot him with blanks. Yeah, ironic, huh? Kind of a little bit of foreshadowing there. So, mm, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to give anything away. Maybe, maybe you're, maybe we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, there's, a, there's probably a good chance, Andy. So, um. Yeah, and then one of the Heather's parents shows up, and I think Heather McNamara, and then everybody want to ride. And then uh, we find out that Veronica is getting her first kegger at Remington University tonight. Um, you know, and Heather Chandler's like, yeah, if you blow it tonight, kids, keggers with kids all next year. Um, speaking of guns, Andy, ironic that the university is named Remington. So, oh, that did interesting. That didn't happen by accident. So, you are observant. Um, I have the, I have my moments, so, um, yeah. And then after that, um, Heather number one sends out Heather number two and, you know, um, her bitch meter's going up. I mean, she's not a nice person. <laughs> um, and then, you know, all the Heathers get a ride and we find out, we meet Veronica's parents. Um, and this is the first inkling we get where her parents are 
politey. It's probably the most polite way to put it. You know, all the all the adults in the movie are not not. No. <laughs> they're they're, they're... they're no adult characters in the movie. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not from this planet. No. Um. Yeah. So eat your Ron, eat your pate. <laughs> yeah. So they're just sitting there and. That's all I'm going to get into. But obviously, you know, this is where you get the inkling, really, that obviously, like we talked about earlier, this isn't a teen suicide movie. It's just really how parents react to it. But it'll get worse as the movie goes on. But, yeah, her parents are just on another fucking world. It's, you know. So, but then, Andy, we are off to the snappy snack shack. And we see Veronica, who's all dolled up. Um, you know, and Heather Chandler wants barbecue corn nuts. Um, corn nuts are going to come into the movie later. They um, do. Legendary. Yes. Legendary. Yes. Um, but I guess they wanted to use 7-Eleven, but 7-Eleven wouldn't let them use their name for this movie. Um, so they had to rename the Snappy Snack Shack and all the things in it. So, you know, like the Turbo Dog and all those other shit. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, what, you know, JD just happens to be hanging out. You know, so just a um, chance encounter, you know. Yeah, so right. yeah. Um and then uh we find out, you know, that JD's been, you know, seven schools in seven states, and there's always a snappy snack snack shack. So um and uh Heather Chandler's out in her little fancy Mustang. Uh those late eighties Mustangs. I always did enjoy those cars. So uh but to say she doesn't have any patience is you know, beyond it. She's sitting on the horn and going all fucking nuts because you know, she's not getting all the attention. Um, and then Veronica and JD have a little conversation. Uh, and then Veronica's like, well, you know, it's like, yeah, like, or she's like, are you a Heather? And you're it's like, I'm a Veronica. You know, it's like, yeah, they're really my, I don't really like my friends. And Jay's like, I really don't like your friends either. It's like there, what if I, she said something that was very, um, it was sort of poetic. Like our job is to be popular and these are just the people I work with. Yeah. And they're basically they're my cohort. Yeah. And our job is like being popular and shit. Yeah. Um, then we're off to Remington University and more trigger warnings here because there's a bunch <laughs> of date rape here and everything. Man, yeah, the douchiness wraps up. These guys are a fucking piece of goddamn work. Holy shit. <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of like it's a composite of of most like college frat guys in 80s movies like they're yeah. not they're not anything like new. Yeah, this is pretty much <laughs> like they're, typical yeah they're uh, very they're 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 very they're they're quite rapey yeah um and they show up and see yeah just throw your coats on the floor it's like okay <laughs> awesome um but that's the first time we see veronica in her diary and um you gotta love the monocle yes you know? yes um, that is something I, when I watched it again recently, I had never picked up on that until watching it as a grown up. Yeah. Um, what's the monocle even do? I, I don't I, know. I never, I never, I mean, is it for people that have one bad eye? Um, do you close your one other eye and use your monocle <laughs> eye? I, I don't know. I bet you that is some kind of um, like a, a plot device. Yeah. Um, this is where you are where Veronica's kind of char- yeah, character device. Um, yeah, and basically, so through this whole scene, so we're gonna kind of bounce back and forth so everyone kind of understands, but she's recapping her night. 
Um, and then we go back to uh, the party at Remington University. And then uh, the one guy's like, oh, I hate talking to college girls because all you ask about your major. And then, so when you go to college, what do you think you're going to major? And it's like, <laughs> the awkward silence. So, yeah, when you go to college, what are you going to study? Oh, yeah. So, and then, um, um, oh, yeah. And then we picture and uh, Heather Chandler's outside with her, with her date. And then um, we see Heather Chandler get a little frisky. You know, it looks like she's giving her, her, her date a good time. Um, and Veronica is drunk and uh, she's in a room by herself and starts her beer on fire. So uh, she was drugged. Oh, I didn't catch that. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That goes, okay. That makes a lot. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, they, they put some they put something in her drink. Oh, uh, see, Andy. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, that's a deep analyst you get from you know when Tom, Tom and Andy hang out. So yeah, yeah, they put something in her. I'd have to go back and watch the whole the whole sequence to see how it unfolded. But yeah, like she, they gave they gave the girls they gave the girls drinks, and then like part of that whole scene where she lit it on fire was because she didn't think it tasted right. Yeah. And then she, yeah, she lit it on fire and threw it out the, threw it out the window. Yeah. And before she's like, oh. like trying to burn herself for herself. So, right. Which comes into play later. Okay. Now see that. See. Yeah. Cause I don't know about you, Andy, but if my beer can start on fire, I usually don't drink it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've been known to enjoy an alcoholic beverage here and there, but oh, I, don't yeah. want, I don't want anything flammable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've had alcohol that'll start on fire, but yeah, beer. So, <laughs> all right, um, good catch, Andy. Never noticed that. So, and then uh, Veronica is not feeling well, and um, her her date, quote unquote, comes in, um, gets a little frisky, and then uh, she's basically, you know, I've got a nice per- prepared speech for when my when my date wants a little bit more than I'm going to give him. And the guy is just being due. She's like, save your speeches for milk mix. I just want to get laid. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the, to the credit of the actor, like he made that guy seem really, really fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. You are not. Yeah. So. Um, Again, but it, kind of a composite character of every douchey every dude in an 80s movie that had any kind of relation to a college party. There was always a, yeah, yeah I mean, unfortunately, there, there was always a rapist. Yeah. So, and he just happens to be the one. So, yeah. and uh, we cut back to Veronica and she's writing furiously and she does not stay within the lines when she writes in her diary. I mean, she writes big words. <laughs> um, which is pretty hilarious, but and she's got the classic line. Um, I go to high school with a bunch of swatch dogs and diet cokeheads. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty good. And uh goddamn fucking swatches, man. You remember those fucking things? I, I do remember the the swatches were a thing that at that point. Why I don't know. Like that I- just Kind of astounds me right now. Why would anybody want to wear a, a swatch? A swatch, yeah. It would, what was the appeal of that? It was just a watch, right? Yeah, I think it. I think like it slapped on your hand. I think kind of like plastic. You kind of clamp down. Yeah. So I'm like, 
you know, I mean, I'm glad Zubas came back, but not swatches. So, um, but I guess At least Zubas are comfortable. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, they make a fashion statement. So, um, and they were owned by goddamn which one was it, Hawk or Animal? Didn't one of the? Oh, well, I, I, I think they were both involved in that, along with like a whole bunch of NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I don't know who missed out on that one. So it's like Hulk Hogan denying the George Foreman girl. So, whoops. <laughs> uh, really dropped the ball there, Terry. Yeah, that one. Um, you know, but we cut back to the party, and Heather, number one, is accosting Veronica uh, for being such a coos because she didn't want to get raped, you know, because I mean, that makes sense. And then uh, Veronica's not feeling good and throws up. All over the brook. Now, I don't know if she actually hit Heather or not. I wish she did. Um, and then we cut to them outside, and they're yelling, and she's like, I got you into a Remington party, and you paid me in puke. Um, another awesome line. Um, we missed the line somewhere. Where did she say, fuck me gently with a chainsaw? Oh, that was in the cafeteria, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're talking they're talking in the polls like fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah, I think cool people that not in middle school, so yeah, that line definitely resonated. So um so I forgot to write that down. That's good notes there, Tom. But uh you know, and then we cut back to her dream. She wants to dream with the world out Heather. Um and then Heather and them are arguing outside so like no one's gonna play your reindeer games, transfer to this high school, transfer to your high school. Because come Monday morning, you're done at Westerberg, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then she, Veronica gets mad, cuts back to the diary, and she throws her diary. And uh, JD's coming through the window. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean. Like, I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of, um, like, current movies and TV shows, but I have to imagine that that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, because that's like, I mean, strikes me as like red flag. Kind of a home invasion. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, but that was like, I mean, that was like, I mean, all these movies from back then, like, you know, sneaking into a room with a ladder, like, that was, yeah. Like, no, don't break into people's homes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not, that's not appealing. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I saw a croquet set up outside. You want you know you're wrong for a game." So, um, and Veronica plays her first game of strip croquet. Um, you know, and I think it's inferred that this is Veronica's first time, supposedly. And I think she's kind of breaking away from the Heather's, but that's all kind of in. I guess that's all referenced more in the, in the play, I guess, or the TV series. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but we find out that Veronica is actually super smart. And they actually wanted to put her into high school from sixth grade. Um, and now she uses her smarts to pick out which color of gloss to wear. So, and Ford signatures. So, I kind of picked up on the fact that she was pretty smart when they would have her. I mean, they were all, when they were wanting her to forge all the notes and stuff. Yeah, she could write them. Yeah. Um, all right, and then we cut to where uh, movie ramps up here a little bit, Andy. Um, Veronica and JD, they go over to uh, Heather Chandler's house. And um, he was like, and JD's like, how do you make sure? I didn't know she's going to be home. 
she's like Heather always misses the Saturday trip to to Grandma's house even when she's not hungover. Um, and actually, you know, so so thinking back, Andy, um, not to throw shade or any negativity, but there was no one quite this bitchy in our high school, was there? I mean, we had not some- that I can remember. No. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I mean, every every. I mean, all these characters are just like dialed up to the tenth, you know, to the nth degree. Yeah. So I, I mean, don't know. Like, we may not have got along with everyone in high school, but I mean, there wasn't really that many. Especially by the time you got to like a senior or junior, actually, like talk to people outside your circle. I mean, there wasn't really any. There are. I mean, there's a few dudes that I wouldn't mind setting their houses on fire, but that's not for himself. <laughs> Didn't you try a couple times? <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> no, that was, that's not a that's unfair comment. I should not have. I should not have alluded <laughs> to that. Well, um, you know, um, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's like growing up. I mean, we were pretty lucky that way. So unless we just missed it, so I mean, we weren't. I mean, we weren't popular, popular, but we weren't. And I don't know by the time, especially like the middle. I mean. Everyone kind of grew up out of the clicks phase by the time you got to like your junior senior year, which is kind of nice. So, well, it, I mean, going to a smaller, you know, yeah, smaller high school or being in a smaller community probably has something to do with that. I think you know you have more more people, more you know, different social dynamics probably become more prevalent. Yeah, and like so I was kind of wondering. So speaking of that, I wonder how big Sherwood Hall High was supposed to be, because I mean it's called Westerberg High, so I'm assuming there's other high schools in town. Actually, they had the one line she's like transfer to the other schools. So yeah, they talked about like two other high schools. So I fucking I mean, yeah. who, who knows? You know the time. I mean, I think if you're gonna when I when I think of town when I think of communities or cities in Wisconsin that have multiple high schools, I think of places like. West Bend. Appleton, West Bend, Oshkosh, Sheboygan. Yeah. Yeah. So I know most of the whole fibers don't probably don't know where West Bend is. But yeah, I think Sherwood's definitely kind of more West Bendish. I'm thinking kind of, yeah. Um definitely with the cliffs, definitely some of the people. So we'll start. I mean they, they got a, a national convenience store chain, so yeah. Um, you know, so shout out to Slinger High School. Our high school actually wasn't quite that bad. Um, but, uh, um, oh yeah. So basically they're, uh, they're going there to give, uh, Heather number one, a hangover concoction that'll make her puke, uh, red, white, and blue, getting some revenge for her comments. Um, you know, Veronica's like, Oh, how about milk and orange juice? What's the upchuck factor on that? And JD's <laughs> like, how about big blue right here? Uh, like that, but it's more like, how about big blue right here? Um, you know, and then uh, she's like, "Oh, that that shit will kill her." And he's like, <laughs> "Red flag." Um, but uh, then they start kissing because I mean, you know, that's what high schoolers do. Um, and Veronica grabs the wrong cup, supposedly. Um, you know, once again, you guys spend your disbelief here, or I mean, did Veronica really want to kill her? Because I mean, it'd be pretty fucking obvious which glasses bitch. Um, you know, but you know, we're not here to pick nits. We're just here to enjoy the movie. So, um, I think you're picking nits. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, but they, they, and once again, so this is another. I mean, there's another case of breaking into someone's house. You know, so. Um, 
you know, Veronica wakes up uh, number one and, um, you know, Veronica's like, man, I think we both said some things we really didn't mean last night. And Heather's like, did we? So the bitchiness continues, even when she's yeah. up. I mean, you got to give her, you, you got to give her credit for being consistent. Yeah. I mean, drunk, sober, she's just a real pill. Yeah. Um, you know, and then JD's like, well, we've got an old family concoction that'll cure any hangover. Um, and there's like, what do you put a phlegm globber in it? And she's like, oh, <laughs> I think this might be too strong for her. And Heather's like, we well, think I'm going to drink it just because I'm going to, um, because you called me chicken. Um, and then she grabbed, you know, Heather bites and then, uh, she's like, oh, give me the cups, or the cup, Jesse James. So sticking with the outlaw theme. Um, <laughs> But Andy, this is where it ramps up. Another scene that we watched several times. Um, yes. Yeah. She gets a drink and it goes down quickly and she starts upheaving. And make a long story short, she throws up and through a tor- or table. And her last words on this mortal coil were <laughs> nuts. Um you know, Andy, hopefully, this day, I mean, I hope you don't utter your last words anytime soon. Corn nuts. Right through the table. Um, the glass coffee table, she throws up, falls forward into it, shatters it. I mean, if the, if, if drinking the, like the drain cleaner didn't kill her going through yeah, that fucking it. coffee table, what up? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and like you know, watching this as, as teenagers, um, we just thought that was fucking funny. But <laughs> it it is farcically funny. It's supposed yeah. to be funny in a very unsettling kind of way. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Veronica is playing the part of the concerned. You know, she's like, you know, um, they're going to have to send my transcripts to San Quentin instead of Stanford. Yeah. Um, JD's like, well, maybe we make it look like a suicide thing. And she's like, a suicide thing? Um, and, and kudos to Christian Slater here because he says a lot without saying his words because his facial expressions here are, are priceless. <laughs> He's acting all concerned. Um, so they write up a note, and uh, Jerry and uh, JD uses the word myriad. And Veronica's like, Oh, I'm, she wouldn't use the word Mary. She missed it on a vocab test. And he's like, well, she's going to cash in as many 10 cent words she can. And they convinces her. It just basically, you know, shows off her uh, her failures at school. And Andy, I don't know about you, but since I saw that scene the first time, I actually try to use the word myriad as often as possible. <laughs> it's definitely one of those words where I'm like, yeah. Every time do you I use it, it in a myriad of settings? I do actually, so um, that's a that's a shoot, brother. So, um, and uh, you know, and then Verona asked JD's like, "Oh, that's really good. Have you done this before?" JD doesn't say no, Andy. He doesn't say yes. <laughs> he doesn't say no. You, you know, there's the whole. I'm sure we'll get into the, his unique relationship with his father. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think I think JD is a psychopath. Yeah, that's I mean yeah. that's that's the bottom line. So yeah. um you know what what crime does he commit already? I mean assault, uh breaking and entering twice, um obviously murder now. So 
Yeah, I mean, in the first 20 minutes of the movie, he, he escalated pretty quickly. Wow. And yeah, there was the, the home invasion. There was the shooting of dudes with the blanks at school. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, murdering murdering a, a person with drain cleaner. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the school board meeting. And this is more of like, you know, the general gist of the movie and the response to teen suicide. I mean, this I mean, this seems classic. Um, <laughs> on when they should let kids go. Um, which Heather was it? You know, if as a cheerleader, they'd be willing to go, you know, an extra half a day, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, this is where we meet our hippie guidance counselor, Miss I forgot her name. Oh, isn't it Fleming or Fish yes, or something? Fleming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and she played this to a fucking T. Um, she, I I think the like those school those school those teacher meetings are freaking gold, man. Yeah, it's you know <laughs> if you don't see those scenes and see what the general gist of this movie is, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, now, Andy, I'm going to go off here on a little rant. Um, I don't know if you remember our middle school guidance counselor, Mr. Cito, but fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't know to hell. I don't recall. I don't. I, I remember the name. If you you showed me a hundred pictures of high schoolers or junior high guidance counselors, I probably would not be able to pick him out of one. This, um, this is thirty years. Your, so tell the high fivers what's your what's your, what's your beef, Tom? What's your what's grinding your gears, man? So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bear my soul here a little bit because I've been literally holding this grudge for thirty years. I mean, if this guy was pissed on fire, I wouldn't cross street to piss on this guy. Um, so obviously, we talked about it earlier. Um, you know, there we had a kid in our school commit suicide. Um, it was right around the time that my parents were getting divorced, and all of a sudden, Mr. Cito was worried about me because they were embarrassed because they lost one of their kids. Um, yeah, and I was in his office like once a fucking week, and, you know, obviously divorce is hard on people, but I knew my parents were getting divorced five years before they did. Um, and I, I mean, I just wanted my parents to be happy. I mean... You know, obviously, I went on I me, mean, but you remember those times. I don't think, I mean, I took it that hard. Um, you know, so, I mean, you've known me since I was nine years old. So, well, you know. I, yeah, I mean, I, I remember that. Like, I remember all that stuff that happened around that time with 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 the, with the losses the in school. And, you know, I... I don't think I've any heard anybody mention that dude's name in a long time, so I got to chuckle a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I just think it goes to show you like how unprepared some of those folks are for those kinds of those kinds of those situations. Yeah, it was um, like you know because people didn't, you know, that was all kind of hush hush stuff, and nobody wanted to say much about it, and I, you know. I don't know. Yeah, like to glom, like to glom onto the glom onto the kids who are going through things. I mean, you've that. That's just like not. Yeah, like, it's, it's that's just, just like if I mean, if if ev everybody who, who went through a, a 
you know, every kid of divorce was at risk for suicide. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden you give a shit, you know, it's just like, and it was so disingenuous. Um, you know, and listen, I, I, you know, I don't really think it really affected me that much. I mean, apparently, listen, I knew it was going to fucking happen. Um, no offense to my parents. I mean, I love my parents to death. I talked about it. They just didn't like each other, you know, so I just wanted them to be happy. Um, and then all of a sudden, Mr. Cito and his fucking, you know, it just was very disingenuous. And I took it very obviously because it's 30 years later. Um, well, you know, but it, I went to my church, too. It goes to, and I think this is one of the, this might be one of the overarching themes of the movie is that, that kids aren't stupid and yeah. they, they can pick up on bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be an expert or, you know, an expert in psychology or inter- interpersonal human relations or a, a full grown adult to get a sense of when you think somebody's pulling your leg or covering their ass or not being, not being on the level with you. Like that's, you know, and I, Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I just think that, I mean, that that's kind of one of the themes of the movie is that the kids, the teenagers in the movie are, are more connected to and in tune with what's going on in their lives and how they feel than the adults. So, and you know, and, and that was my real life example and and you were right there. I mean, I took that advantage as much as I could because every time I got in trouble, they would just pat me on the head. He's like, oh, he's just acting out. I'm like, and I pushed that as far as I fucking could. I mean, there's times I probably should have been suspended. They just took me in detention. There's times I probably shouldn't be detention. And just like, oh, this gave me a little warning. I mean, it told me it's like, oh, he's just act-. I'm like. It gave me a fucking free car and I used it all the guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of difficulty in those roles. Man, you could not pay me enough fucking money to work in a middle school. No fucking way. Fuck that. No goddamn way. <laughs> in any role. No way. As, as ironically, right now, I'm going through season four of The Warriors. So if that tells you anything, so. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no fucking way right so yeah i mean taking into account that those are hard you know those are hard jobs and you're dealing with dealing with with kids with with people who are not rational human beings a lot of the time. Oh, we were not <laughs> human beings is a fucking stretch we were fucking i mean mostly me you know i'm not gonna throw you under the bus but i was a fucking asshole so i but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how they, you know, in the in the late eighties or early nineties, I don't know what kind of training guidance counselors got. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, he's not, the dude's not a psychologist. I mean, that's not his job. But nah. uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Did they? I don't remember. I don't think any of his kids went to school with us. Did they? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, fuck that guy. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there goes my uh, my rant for the day. So um, I didn't think I didn't know the well the height. I didn't know that you were um, settling scores here tonight. <laughs> that was that was not my intention, but 
Um, I mean, my this, this movie does kind of hit home that way a little bit. So every time, hey I man, see bitch, I'm it, like, it's your fucking podcast. You can you can put whoever you want on blast. Yeah. So God, I, <laughs> anybody I, I, else? Anybody else from Slinger Middle School you want to air out? No, that's really about. I mean, no, I was going to high school. There's Mr. Kiso and I that beef and Mr. Crawl. Those about it. So, I mean, I mean, all bullshit aside, though, Andy. So we were pretty lucky. We did have. Some pretty, I mean, the administrators were okay, but we had some pretty awesome teachers. So, so Mr. Shout out to Mr. Acker and Mr. Lickey and Mr. Wuchek, Mr. Hayes. You know, obviously, Andy, you can't, you can't hear, you know, uh, Gustav Holzbringer of War, you know, Opus Number Seven without thinking of Mr. Lickey. So, yeah, I mean, being a teacher is a hard job. Like those, you know, you don't, you don't realize it at the time, but because you only spend 45, 50 minutes with these people every day. Oh. Once, once a day for an hour or whatever it is, but yeah, like that—that's a, I mean that—that's a tough job. Like the people that do that shit for a long time are are worthy yeah. of our our respect and our adoration. So yeah, I mean, so we had a, we had a lot of them, so we were pretty lucky that way. So all right, well enough on uh, throwing down the the system of the Slinger Middle School of the early nineties, but uh, we cut and then uh, Veronica. And Heather and Heather number two and number three are in the locker room. And uh, we find out that uh, that Heather number one left Heather number three a swatch. And she just gives to Veronica. But the key here, though, is that Heather Duke, the bulimic, which we didn't address earlier, uh, is mowing the fuck down. <laughs> yes. You know, her, tor- her tormentor is gone, so she's going she's gonna to get some... <laughs> Get her, get her chicken on. Um, you know, and this, and this, um, you know, this wasn't really addressed much in the movie, but obviously, you know, you know, body shaming of, of women and bulimia is an issue. You know, so and you know, they did, they, they, they wanted to address it more, but, uh, but yeah, Heather Duke is, uh, yeah, she's going around on those chicken wings. I kind of wondered, like, how much of that. I mean, that was kind of a a subplot you know, how much of that maybe ended up on the, the cutting room floor when they edited the movie. Yeah. Like, was that more of a, of a plot point than maybe we saw? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know like that, but I, what, it, I mean, the, the, what it does was it again reinforces um, the fact that Heather number one was a pill. Yeah. That's, that's a play way of putting it. So, um, and then Veronica has a mini breakdown and just goes into the shower and showers with the clothes on. Randomly. Yeah, I didn't get. I, I didn't. I mean, obviously that had some meaning. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't understand. It. But and then we cut to Miss Fleming and she's in meeting and Veronica is inside meeting with her dried clothes. You know, so there were definitely some continuity issues in this movie, but uh, okay. You know, but whatever, obviously, whatever, you know, so we're not, we're trying not to pick nits here after my latest rant, but, uh, you know, Miss Fleming's having her little meeting, um, you know, and she's glad to finally have one of these things. And she's just impressed with the depth of the human condition. And um, she has a copy of the note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... Yeah, like I said, once again, if you think, yeah, wow, yeah, um, 
<laughs> and the one guy, the one preppy dorky guy that's going to Princeton, he's like, yeah, like I said, I used to go out with Heather Chandler, you know, and she dumped me, you know, and I just thought it was because she was dissatisfied with me, but because she's dissatisfied with life. <laughs> Yes. You know, turns out she was just really dissatisfied. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like there's a lot of people making it about themselves. So, um, uh, but yeah, and then Veronica starts crying supposedly, so it's a good fake cry. Uh, but then we cut to uh, Veronica and JD. Um, JD's obviously been suspended. Uh, they're watching the news and they're just laughing the amount of hypocrisy because. Heather number, you know, Heather Chant or Heather Duke is all over the news. Like every channel they switch, there she is. Um, you know, and all these people that hated Heather Chandler. I mean, that's another part of the movies. Like all the people that hated her, all of a sudden they're like, oh, she's the greatest. It's like when semi par, I'm not going to go on to a, a dead wrestler's rant, but, um, you know, um, you well, know, nobody, like, nobody wants to speak the truth of the dead. <laughs> So, um, oh, and then, um, I think, I don't remember, was it was a big Papa Bob Dean construction or whatever. Um, uh, big, I didn't type it down. Big Bob. Wasn't it big Bob? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Papa Dean. So, um, but he showed, yeah. So Heather and, uh, Veronica are, or, or Heather and Veronica, Veronica and JD are cuddly on the couch and JD's dad shows up and, uh, Needless to say, Andy, there's an interesting dynamic between these two. Um, He's a fucking maniac. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, how did, would you explain it? Was um, they talk to each other as the other person? So yeah, yeah, they like reverse. There's like a role uh, role reversal thing, like some weird codependence going on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, his dad walks in and is like, oh, hey, dad. He's like, oh, hey, dad, I forgot to introduce you to my girlfriend. And, hey, Pop, I was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, to be honest with you, it was well written. And just, I mean, it was really awesome. I mean, it was weird, but it it showed a lot. Um, you, Something I don't think I've really ever seen duplicated in other movies, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah. Basically, we find out here that, uh, the last time JD saw his mom was from waving from a library window in Texas, um, right before his dad blew it up. Um, and I guess people in Texas did not like that line, as you know, people in library windows in Texas, you know, have. Yeah, they're a little sensitive about. Yeah, because this was only twenty-five years later after that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know. Tragedy plus time sometimes equals comedy, but not always. Yeah. So <laughs> I I think they could have gone a different way, but I mean, whatever, you know, we'll get the point. Um, and then uh, next week, cut to Veronica and she's having pate with her parents and they're as oblivious as always uh, going on with their little, little lives. And then, uh, you know, once again, Veronica is like, oh, I got a motor if I'm going to get this, get to this wedding. Um, yes, I got a motor. <laughs> You know, before she had to motor for she'd go to this party and you know, um she picks on her dad for smoking the whole kit and caboodle. So um, you know, and like we said, if you, you think this movie's glorifying teen suicide and see how her parents act. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought the like the dialogue between Veronica and her dad was it just highlighted like a very superficial kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they love Veronica, but very uh, more as like it was their requirement, like their job. As opposed, yeah, so um, then we get to the funeral and uh, that fucking priest, uh, Len Shaddix, whatever his name is. Awesome. I, I can't imagine <laughs> anyone else doing this. Um, I, I can't even do it justice, uh, his speech, but basically he's just preaching about... Um, you know this yeah. tradition in uh, against MTV video games. Um, I mean, he's a little off. Video, MTV at the time was playing videos, but not video games. Um, but yeah, I just, just go back and said I might I might throw the clip in here, um, but I, I can't even do it justice. Andy, I mean, you got any? It's 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 pretty funny because the guy the like the delivery is 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 yeah. is is funny just the way the guy looks that that guy just like his whole shtick is he looks absurd yeah um but i think the the point of that is again another adult who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about yeah and trying to you know trying to speak from a place of authority but not really understanding what he's what he's saying yeah um so yeah, that I thought that was kind of. I mean, it's farcical, absurd. Yeah. That's it's um, weird. Put so the whole point. I mean, it's that's the whole movie in a nutshell. Is how much absurd shit can the adults do? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut to uh, the inner monologue of everyone visiting a body and just fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, different reactions once again. The one kid. Um, if I ever die, please make sure it's not suicide. Quick early acceptance in Princeton. Um, Heather Duke's like, I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. I find out you've been listening. And Rand, Rand like, how, you know, geez, Jesus, how could you get rid of some chalk snatch? And that might have been the first time I ever heard the word snatch ever in my life. So, um, <laughs> And then uh, Veronica shows up and says she's sorry. Um, you know, and she's like, I just want my high school to be a nice place. So um, an- another great scene. Uh, and then we go, uh, we cut out, and uh, Heather McNamara is inviting um, Veronica out on a date with Kurt and Ram. And, um, you know, Veronica's in, well, I mean, they kind of cut back and forth. And she's like, it'll be very, very, and basically Veronica doesn't want to end up in a date, you know, where they get drunk and uh, flailing and cow shit, and or we'll get drunk and go cow tipping, um, which we'll address here in a second. Um, and then, uh, then we cut to the, the geeks of the school walk by, and one of them steps on Kurt's foot. I uh, calls him a pudwapper. Another first time I word I never heard before that I used in my lexicon in middle school. Um, and once again, Andy, they can't kick his ass because they're seniors. Yeah, no, we're seniors now, man. We can't do that. Yeah, and then they show it some uh, homophobic slurs at the <laughs> yes, and then uh, turns around another line sit and spin. Um, it is amazing the lexicon of verbiage that had leaked into my vocabulary from this movie. I I recall sit and spin being being used frequently. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and then they chase him down, they torture him, and then, uh, you know, they kind of beat him up, and they admit up that he likes to suck big dicks, blah, 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 blah. Uh, more homophobia here. And then JD all of a sudden just happens to drive by, um, kind of locks eyes with uh, with Kurt, and uh, JD doesn't seem very planned. Seems like the the, the plans are rolling. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, so yeah, Veronica and Heather come out while they're torturing him. Um, yeah, so I can. Do you remember anyone ever going cow tipping? You no. Can, I mean, I know it's a thing people do, but I mean, no. yeah, I mean, cows are heavy. Like, I, 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 it's not easy. I think you would need a lot of people to tip a cow over. Yeah, and it fucks the cow up. Like, I mean, yeah, Faith is explaining. I mean, once the cow hits the ground, I mean, yeah, their stomach gets all fucked up and they die. You know. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's weird. Like I said, you think you know, growing up in the rural area that we did, that we would have been more cow tipping but it's not something you know we did some stupid shit but uh yeah then we cut to you know um the double date here and kurt and ram are you know and they're in um yeah they're drunk and they're trying to tip the cow over they tip the cow over um don't worry andy it was not a real cow i guess um it was just a like a statue or something like that and um i guess um winona rider actually took a bunch of yeah, mud actually in the face there. So she's full of manure. Uh, and then we cut to McNamara and Ram, and she's pretty much being date raped. Um, and Kurt's professing his love to Veronica. He's just like, man, when I get that feeling, I just need, need sexual healing. <laughs> and once again, Andy, out of nowhere, Chris, or, uh, JD shows up. Out of nowhere. Um, yeah, that was like that. I thought was weird. That yeah. was kind of weird. Uh, Come so, but you know, if he did now, thinking backwards, a couple beats here. Did he know that? Did he know that she was going out on a on a double date? I don't think so. Okay. Um, you know, because Veronica's like, oh yeah, I got something going on with JD. She's like, oh, just do me this one favor. Um, I don't think she ever mentioned it to him. I think uh, you're right. Yeah. So he's clearly stalking her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Red flag, you know, I mean, but Veronica, hey. Uh, well, I mean, he's a psychopath. So, I mean, they needed to do something that was in, in line with the character, right? Yeah. And he's very Jack Nicholson. He's like, I was just feeling very <laughs> superior tonight. Um, you know, and not to get like all like hippy dippy fluey, but it was a really well shot like lit scene. Like the way they backlit him and everything was kind of cool. Um, you know, so I thought that was kind of cool. But then there's a great line here though. He's like, "Yeah, seven schools and seven states, and the only thing different is my locker combination." So, <laughs> voice of a generation, JD is so. Um, yeah, so they, they picture up and they go for a slushy and Lord knows what else. So. And then we cut to the yearbook committee. And, um, you know, and then the head yearbook guy is like, um, we finally got one of these things and we're not going to let it go. So he's looking for a suicide. Um, and then he explains, you know, big fun is uh, 
you know, the number one song in the country now with Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Um, yeah, I guess the original plan was there was actually supposed to be a bit more, like that was supposed to be heavily, heavily more heavily featured and they're going to shoot a video for it, but I guess it didn't come to pass. Um, yeah, and then Veronica comes in and obviously she's not heavy. Um, you know, there's a full two-page spread. And uh, once again, Andy, the suicide note. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that, like the suicide note. They they were doing a, uh, a like a memorial thing in the yearbook to to Heather, and they had the, su- <laughs> the freaking suicide note, like an image of it with her picture. <laughs> Probably like one of the the thing that I thought about was. And maybe in the movie, maybe there was this that was part of the scene. Wasn't there like a yearbook advisor or like a teacher or something that was there that was telling them it was okay or they were all on board with it? Was that the person that was saying, Oh, I finally got one of these and I'm not gonna waste it? No, it was, was that like, one of the kids. That was one of the kids. Yeah, it was like the head yeah. yearbook guy. So um yeah, and uh, ironic, you know, we had one of those spreads in our in our yearbook, but unfortunately, we had four that year, so it was all spread out a bunch of. But no suicide notes, Andy. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I get it, but every time I see him, it's like wow. Um, well, and then the cardigan rich bitch lady shows up, um, and they're all making uh, Veronica. She's like, um, Oh, she's like, oh, I heard about your date last night. She's like, yeah, I left him flailing and cow shit and blah, 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 blah. She's like, that's not what I heard. Um, and then the Princeton kid takes Veronica outside. He's like, uh, yeah, Kurt and Ram were talking how they had a nice little sword fight in the mall last night, if you know what I'm saying. So, like, wow, this stepped up uh, This stepped up pretty quick, Andy. What was there? It was a PG-13 rating, wasn't it? Or was it R-rated? I would have to imagine it might have to have been R. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, it had to be R-rated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck me the chainsaw, probably. Yeah, kind of there's probably enough, probably enough cursing in there to have it be R-rated, and then yeah, some of the yeah, yeah. I mean, as a kid, I mean, we didn't understand. I mean, we were probably thinking different sword fight in their mouth than they're talking about. Um, but. Who knows? So, but we don't need to go into details. So, I mean, um, I think all the high fivers are probably well, you know, yeah, well, well, well able to draw their own conclusions from that reference. Yeah. So, um, then we cut to Veronica and she's calling Kurt. Um, hey, I want to meet me in the woods, you know, to make all those things that you're saying come true. <laughs> and uh, Kurt's stoked and he wants to know, can we, you know, can we write the penthouse for him about this? So, um, and then we see that JD's in the room with Veronica. Um, and then Veronica wants to know why she's writing a suicide notes if they're just blanks. But she, and then uh, and then uh, she's like, I'm not doing this again. JD's like, well, do you speak German? She's like, no, I speak French. And then um, and then he explains that these are his uh, grandpa that snagged a bunch of Ikaluka bullets <laughs> in uh, World War II. Um you know, and basically explains how they just break the skin, cause a little blood, but no real damage. A um, couple things here, Andy, about this. Uh, do you know what the term Ikaluka means in German? Ikaluka? Did they, was it, wasn't it Ik, Ik Liba? Or something like that, yeah. Uh, I love. 
No, I lie. Oh. Yeah, so he's just telling her that he's straight up lying to her. Um, and then, you know, I know Veronica's a little slow on the ways of the world, but I'm not really sure why Nazis would shoot people and just want to put them to sleep and make them look like they were dead. <laughs> um, you know, just no disrespect to anybody that was in World War II or anything, but I, I have a feeling that, yeah. Um, you know, so it makes you wonder, I mean, did Veronica, which, was she bliss or intentionally blissful or whatever it is, so... Um, you know, he kind of just explains that yeah, they'll be knocked out for a while by the time they wake up, they'll be the laughing stock of the school, blah 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 blah. Um, the note's pretty stellar. Um, and if you want it real quick, so the note says, uh, Rem and I died the day we realized we couldn't reveal our forbidden love to a cruel and ununderstanding world. Uh, the joy we enjoy each other in arms was more than any touchdowns, yet we are forced to live the lives of sexist, beer guzzling jock assholes <laughs> um which is pretty good um and then we get uh, they got a uh, their their grab bag and so they've got an extra extra issue stud puppy um <laughs> Crawford podcast or postcard um yeah so i thought the card. like the 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 bag of stereotypical <laughs> Um, gay stuff was a little much. <laughs> oh, I, I like to say that I'm relatively in tune with the LBGTQT community, but not sure where the Joan Crawford thing comes in. But hey, whatever. Maybe I mean that that could maybe maybe go to the internets and find out if that was like a if that was a thing. It, it could be, yeah. Could um, be. But then there's the topper, Andy. They've got a bottle of mineral water. <laughs> mineral uh, water. And to this day, I don't get how a reference of drinking bottle mineral water. Uh, but JD explains, you know, this is a, this is Ohio. If you ain't got a beer in your hand, you might as well be gay. So um, you know, I enjoy mineral water. Um, you know, Veronica's like mineral waters came in, maybe things were different in the 80s, I don't know, but yeah. So uh, but then after that, Andy, we cut, and Veronica's in the woods. Um, she's got the gun stashed behind her back. She's ready to go. Uh, Kurt and Ram showed up, you know, because they're getting up early for school and everything. Uh, she puts them in a circle, and she's like, when you get to the circle, you strip down. Uh, and then she counts down to three, and then uh, J.D. comes out, shoots Ram right in the throat. I mean, he ain't fucking around. Um, but Veronica misses completely. Uh, the Kurt runs off. And I don't know if you noticed how uh, Kurt had like a little um, like knee brace or something like that. I guess the dude like shoot broke his leg. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. So you know, I always thought they kind of put that in there to explain why JD, a guy that smokes six packs of cigarettes every day, could catch a you know an, an all star athlete. Um, but uh, you know, JD's chasing them, and afterwards, Rock is a little concerned because uh, Rand doesn't look too good. Um, and then we cut to two cops. Um, you know, and then JD's chasing him around, and two cops like you hear that, and la da da. And then um, <laughs> cops are smoking pot in their car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and then somehow JD chases him back to the same spot, and Veronica shoots him twice. And then after six shots, Andy, the cops finally get out of the car. I heard that, and like, let's go. Um. You know, and then the cops show up and uh, they're in their investigative skills. Um, 
as JD and Veronica run off to the car and start making out. Now uh, the one cop's like, you know, sh- should we, you know, should we interrogate them? I mean, two people that were 10 feet away from the scene. <laughs> um, but one cop's like, I've got all the answers here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, Oh yeah, he gets on the radio. He's like, "Yeah, should I pull him apart?" And he's like, "Nah." And then I've got all the answers over here. And then the one cop's like, "They're naked." Wait, are they naked? <laughs> Fucking creeps. Um, once again, I, I always enjoy a movie that may, I mean makes fun of cops too. That's yeah. Always appreciated. Um, like like Andy said, every adult in this fucking movie is a fucking idiot. Um, and like I was thinking back, like after you said that, I'm like, yeah, every single adult that talks is dumb. Every single one, all of them. Um, yeah, but then uh, through the cops' amazing investigative skills, I mean, Andy, these guys were good. Uh, <laughs> they deduced that it was a repressed homosexual suicide. Yeah. Yep. Um, they 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 shot each other in the in the, in the neck and in the chest. Yeah, you know, and uh, if it wasn't so far school, I mean, it, it, it's really laughable. So, um, but then we see Veronica and she pulls up in her beat up old station wagon, um, and she realizes that they killed him, and she has a little minor meltdown. Um, she tries to light a cigarette and she puts a cigarette, you know, the car lighter out on her hand. And then, um, JD being, um, the very sensitive human being that he is takes her hand and lights a cigarette with her burning hand. Um, which comes up later in the movie also. Um, and basically, you know, she freaks out on him. He's like, you know what? You believed it was true because you wanted to. And then a huge argument ensues. Classic. No, it didn't. Yes, you did. No, you didn't. And then a lot of, you know, just hilarious. Um, and then Heather two and number three show up and they're like, Oh, young love, blah, 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 blah. And then some girl who's like, basically like the night crier of the school runs up and, and it's like schools canceled because Kurt and Ram killed themselves and repressed them with suicidal suicide pack. Then they run off. Um, Veronica at the end of the day calms down and asks if they can make an ice rum before the funeral. Um, you know, you know, blah blah blah. So, uh, real quick, and so I, I don't want to pick nits here, any, but this is a pretty, this is a pretty eventful of the week. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it it is. I mean, what you had the really the the Sunday the was it Saturday when when Heather Heather killed herself? Yeah, and then they had a funeral already set to go on Monday. Uh, and then they're at school on Tuesday, and then yeah. So it's it a, like, yeah, it's a it is a it's a busy week. Um, because it ends with the pep rally on Friday. So yeah, but you know, but uh, the thing that the the thing that I kind of liked about the movie was it, like it, it goes like there's no downtime. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's balls to the wall the entire time. So, um, well, real quick, Andy, uh, you mind taking a break so I can drain the lizard real quick? Uh, that'd be a great idea because I am I'm thirsty. All right, uh, high fivers. We'll see in about ten seconds. Your time, Andy. Less than that. All right, high fivers. We are back. Um, real quick, while we were um, took a quick break there, real quick. Uh, the Brewers did win. Andy, one nothing. By the way, one nothing. Wow, offensive explosion tonight. 
Yeah. So by the time this comes out, I'm sure the Brewers will be eliminated from the playoffs. But um, I went over Rams IMDb. But yeah, you're right. Um, he did. Yeah, probably about four or five episodes of NCIS. Um, what else we got here? A lot of TV stuff. Uh, Rent to Elf, but he's an episode of Castle. Um, I Carly, I guess he's on a couple episodes of Dexter. Um, but yeah, CSI he was on, and I guess, um, oh, okay, so I guess the role he played in NCIS, he actually played on Jag more full time. So it was like one of those crossover things. <laughs> so I guess he's on Spider Man and DSO. There is a Jag NCIS crossover. Oh, Are you yeah. fucking serious? Like that's a thing? Oh yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I guess so. So, oh hey, if you ever want to piss my brother off, talk shit about Jag. He loves that show. <laughs> uh, I would never want to piss your brother off, Andy. That's never happened. <laughs> uh, he was in summer school. Speaking of uh, what's his nuts? Uh, oh my God, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mark Harmon. Yeah, Little yeah. House in the Pro- He's on Love Boat. He must have been super fucking young. Um, Little House in the Prairie, Trapper John, the original Starsky and Hutch. So yeah, this kid was a ch- kid actor for sure. Trapper John. Yeah, Jesus fucking wow. Um, wow. Yeah, so I guess uh, Betty Finn uh, played an uncredited t- underage hooker in the first Lethal Weapon movie. Okay. Um, and then Glenn Shaddix, the priest, like you said, he was in Beetlejuice. Um, obviously this. Um, where'd he go? I know he listed he was in um he was in Demolition Man. That's what I yep, okay. Yeah, that was like his, his big big role. Um but I think he may have passed yeah, looks like he passed away in 2010, unfortunately. So oh. um let's see here. The postman always rings right twice, Beetlejuice, Demolition Sleepwalkers, um Multiplicity. Uh, bunch of Planet of the Apes, I guess. The one with uh, what's his nuts, Mark Wahlberg. So, um, had a decent career. Yeah, had a decent career. So, all right, yeah. So, you know, thank goodness for Al Gore inventing the internet here. So, man, just imagine if he would have been president, we'd probably be fucking fl- driving flying cars by now. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's funny because yeah, Back to the Future. I mean. I- Back to the Future 2 took place seven years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, too bad. You know, all the, Flor- the Florida team won the World Series. So, uh, I saw something on the interwebs earlier tonight that we are eight years away from the 80s being 50 years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the eighties, the kids now are like what the fifties were to us. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. man, it's been a good run. So, well, Andy, this is uh probably the scene we've been looking forward to, probably one of the most. Uh the funeral of uh, Kurt and Ram as they're dressed up in their um their football uniforms. They got helmets. With their on. letter jackets on with their helmets and um, <laughs> football. Um, classic, but uh. Kurt's dad um, is handling this pretty well, um, but uh, you know he tells Kurt that he loved him. 
you know, he did everything, and then uh, he breaks down and just tells everyone that he loves his dead gay dead gay son. Um, I can't do this speech justice. Check it out for yourselves. Um, but there's a very very well timed. Uh, I don't know if it's planned or not, but someone blows their nose right at the right time. It's fucking great. <laughs> so if they plan that, kudos to them. Um, but not. But uh, JD and Veronica are making uh, making jokes, and JD's like, "I wonder how I would re- um, react to a, if his uh, son had a limp wrist with a pulse." Um, you know, and then we see one of Kurt Ram's younger sisters, and she's all sad. Um, and then we go back to Veronica. She's back in the diary. Um, another great line, Veronica. Or she's like, "My teen angst bullshit has a body count." Um, <laughs> you know, in her diary says, uh, "You know, death gave Heather depth, Kurt a soul, and Ram a brain." <laughs> are they going to prom or are they going to hell? So I'm sure there's a tagline somewhere. Um, you know, and then we get another board meeting, Andy. Yeah, the uh, the teachers' lounge. Yep, and. Uh, Smoking in the teacher's lounge, by the way. This this is another thing I'm glad you brought up because the teachers are just burning nails left and right. Yeah. And I I believe at a time um when we were in school, there was um when the door to the teacher's lounge opened, there was a lot of smoke pouring out of it. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, to people younger, I mean, you could smoke in public back in the day, you know, so. Um, you know where you can still openly smoke in public? Texas. Um, Slinger Super Speedway. <laughs> huh. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Did you do a race recently? or just- I, took, I took Hank to a, maybe this is tangential here. I took Hank to a monster truck show last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fun. Um, you know, five-year-old kid likes to watch trucks get smashed. Well, yeah. Uh, but I was somewhat taken aback by the number of people who were Written. openly smoking cigarettes in a public environment like that. Granted, it was outside. Yeah. Um, but I was, um, yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. When Speedway, the home of the world's fastest oval quarter mile. So the fastest quarter mile in the world was filled with mud. Yeah. Oh, actually sounds kind of fun. I'm glad. I mean, for business wise, I'm glad that place is still around. So I'm sure the neighborhood's not too happy about it. So, um, but yeah, uh, the school Anyways, board, smoking. Yeah, and uh, teachers. Well, I'm say it's funny. You watch movies like the '60s, and I remember the like the one thing I took from Godfather was like when Michael Corleone was being quizzed by the the Senate. He's just smoking up a fucking storm. You know, they're in a Senate hearing, and he's just gritting away. You know, I mean, kids, I mean, there was a time you could smoke in a plane. Yep. Yeah, you could pretty much smoke wherever you, wherever you wanted, wherever you wanted to go. Um, I remember my dentist telling me that, like, he used to smoke in the office, like, doing, th- like, with people for a while, like, in the 70s, that was a thing. Like he's had a big ashtray next to the next to the spit the spit tub. <laughs> so you know, doing a doing a filling or whatever, he's gonna enjoy a nice smoky treat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope that wasn't Doctor Hartley because that's another asshole I've got. No, no, no. This is my my dentist up here. 
Fuck that guy, guy that, Dr. Hurley, cocksucker. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, Miss um, Fleming, she gets her her little love in, uh, but she reminds her we were in a, in a similar position on Monday. Um, <laughs> you know, so um, you know, and that, like that principal is like, you know, maybe this is more your speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one guy tries to talk her down. He's like, no, la da da da. Uh, but Andy, then we cut to the cafeteria. Um, she's calling for everyone's attention. And I didn't realize this until I watched the commentary, but I guess everyone's wearing black armbands, but you can't see half of them. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I, I I mean, of all the times I watched the movie, I didn't notice it until someone said it. But, uh, you know, and then the famous line, she's like, TV camera's here. Lock your paws. Fuck you. Uh, that, was, that was harder to pick up when I watched it the last time. I know. Than what I remember, like I remember that being very evident. Yeah, I was wondering for Mandela effect there on that one if it even exists, but I mean, who knows? Be. Um, you know, but uh, you know, Heather Duke's on camera once to, in front of the cameras once again. Uh, fancy, fancy guy wants to copy this for his Princeton application. Blah blah blah. Um, and then we cut to JD's house. And him and Veronica are on the couch, and uh, we finally, the first time we hear the song Suicide, Don't Do It by Big Fun. Um, could they think of a worse fucking name for the goddamn band? Jesus fucking Christ. Um, you know, and then uh, JD's dad comes home, and we get the weird relationship conversation stuff going on. And uh, he tells Veronica and JD, oh, and uh, Veronica's like, oh, great, the beaver's home. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then dad's got a videotape he's like we won um he gets his blow you know he got to blow up his building uh the judge told all those old biddies to slurp shit and die um oh i forgot to mention yeah that he was he was arguing with uh some committee because uh glenn miller and his band took a shit in the building so they wouldn't let him tear it down so um uh, forgot to bring that part up um the scenes with his dad were actually pretty funny oh yeah they were, i mean so here's an idea for you, Ted. Maybe a prequel with JD's dad. Ooh, yeah. Huh. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Okay, no one steal our shit. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah, if anybody writes a prequel for JD's dad, I'm fucking coming after you. Yeah. Fivers, you're on notice. Yeah, this is, I that's gonna to piss me off. This is documented. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish there was podcasts in the '97 when I put the rock over as a heel because I could make some money off of that right now too. You did. I laughed at you. Andy, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now look at him. He's like the biggest movie star in the world. Literally. What do I get out of it? Nothing. No. Just satisfaction knowing that you're right. Which that and fifty cents you can make. You can put a down payment on making a phone call if you could find a payphone. How was the last time I saw a payphone? Been a while. Been uh, a while. But uh, yeah, and basically he won. Uh, we get a videotape of them blowing up a building. Uh, that went quick um, because yeah, the judge did that, and the next day it was being blown up. Uh, but his dad put a Norwegian in a blo- in the boiler room. I uh, set off a pack of thermals upstairs, and we cut to JD, and you see the wheels turning, like father, like son. So, and then uh, the the you know the crazy line, you know, he walks away, and uh, 
Frank guy's like, do you like your father? He's like, I haven't given it much thought. Um, <laughs> but I don't know why I did it with a British accent. But uh, he's like, um, you know, I liked my mother, though. Um, you know, and then she walked into a building right before my dad blew up. You know, everyone says it was an accident, but his mom knew what she was doing, blah, 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 blah. They find out that JD's pretty fucked up. Um, He's a psychopath. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, sorry, I misspoke. So this is the part where uh, Big Fun comes on the radio. They're jamming out, blah, 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 and JD just randomly shoots his um, radio. <laughs> so, um, for high school. Did you notice they had, did you notice, like, their, like, their stereo stuff was covered in, they looked like, like, rocks? Yeah. I don't remember that being a thing. No. Um, I guess just for psychopathic construction workers, I guess, so. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, JD does like to walk around with that gun a lot, so. Um, yeah, and then Veronica's like, that's it, we're breaking up, and uh, JD doesn't take it very well. Um, no, no, he doesn't. Because um, he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, she goes away, she's like, yeah, we're done, blah, 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 you stay home and shoot your toaster, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, uh, next JD meets with Heather Duke. Um, and he blackmails her with some pictures of her and Martha Dumptruck. Um, yeah, her and Martha, Martha were like budzos when they were younger. There's pictures of them hanging out together or something. You know, I mean, I know it's been a long time since it's been in high school, but how the fuck vain do you gotta be if you need blackmail because you're friends with someone when you're a little kid? I was like, wow, Heather, you're a real bitch. Uh, she's trying to, she was trying to fill that the Heather Chandler role. She was yeah. stepping into it. Um, yeah. I mean, like Veronica said later, later in the movie, you know, I cut Heather Chandler's head and then, uh, Heather Duke's head grew right in front of her. Yeah. Right there. So, um, and then we get JD with a bunch of Moby Dick references because he knows Heather Duke likes, uh, Moby Dick. Um, I guess this is supposed to be catcher in her eye. Uh, but JD Salinger doesn't let anyone use it. So they couldn't afford it. He just like suing people. Um, and then, yeah, basically that, uh, you know, we find out that JD needs a favor and it'll be one that Heather Duke's going to enjoy. Uh, and then uh, Veronica breaks into Heather Chandler's locker, finally. I don't know why they haven't cleaned it out. Um, and this is the first time that we see Heather Duke rocking the red ribbon. Um, we didn't mention earlier that all these girls are color-coded um, by their station in society, uh, which is in pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, then we cut to Veronica and Betty. Uh, they're playing croquet. Um, you know, once again, they're accessorizing their color, their, their clothes with the uh, with the balls. Uh, Betty wants Veronica to knock her out, um, but Veronica's like, "That's not how I play." And then she finally does. And then uh, Heather Duke and McNamara show up. Um, yeah, listen once again. Now Heather Duke is in full red. She's yeah, she's fully transmorphed. You know, it was kind of cool. She was adding a little bit more and more, and now she's fully morphed into Heather Chandler. Um, and then we cut to Martha Dump Truck. She's kind of watching a basketball game, and then uh, she just spilled a soda all over herself. And then uh, we see her walking out with a piece of paper on her chest, and it sounds like she belly flops in front of a car. So more suicide, Andy. But we'll find out what happens with that a little bit later. Um, and next we, uh, we cut, uh, Veronica's parents. I don't even, I don't know if we ever got their names. Um, like very few of the adults actually ever actually had names. 
Bruce Nolan. You're right. I think the only like the only adult that I remember ha- that I remember the name was a guidance counselor. What was her name? Mrs. Fleming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know they kind of mentioned a couple of teachers and maybe the principal's name, but yeah, the pre yeah the principal might have had a he might have had a name. He might have been named. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're watching the news coverage, and once again, they're all flighty. And uh, they're like, oh, there's Heather, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Veronica, where are you on TV? Um, and then we cut to Peggy Fleming giving her speech. Um, you know, a suicide is the biggest decision one could, you know, one that uh, a teenager can make. You know, it does affect all of us. And just remember, you've only got one chance to get it right. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Um. Oh, yeah, I, I don't get it. So it uh, sounds like something Mr. Cito might have said to you back in the yeah. day. <laughs> Man, you know, um, no respect to Mr. No disrespect intended to Mr. Cito. I'm oh, sure he tried, di- tried all, very hard. All the disrespect to that cocksucker. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Andy, one of my many down, my one of my fucking guy is putting him, putting him on blast. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a thirty-year-old grudge. It's the only way I can get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, you've been you've been stewing on this for a while, huh, Tom? Like, Literally thirty years. That's not even exaggeration. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, Veronica gets mad at all this TV coverage and all of their, you know, the media is eating teenage suicide up the spoon, uh, and she ain't kidding. Um, you know, she gives her angry teen speech, you know, and her mom clients clash back is like, you know, teens want to be treated by like humans only because normally that's when they are being treated with humans. And then she's like, Do you want some pate? The goddamn pate, what the fuck? Um then Heather Duke comes in. Uh she gives the news that uh she found out they were at some place and uh sounds like Martha Dump Truck jumped in front of a car trying to kill herself, but that's the punchline, Andy. She didn't succeed. She's in stable condition. And Heather Duke's like just another case of the uh, the geeks imitating the popular kids and failing miserably. <laughs> um, my beef with this though, Andy, though, is they found out about this over the radio. How do they put people on blast and trying to kill themselves on the radio? It's like, wow, really? I mean, so, yeah. They found out about it. They, it was not maybe like on the news? Yeah, they said it. Yeah, they heard it on there. They were at the whatever shack, and yeah, they heard about it on the news. So, hmm. Yeah. But uh, then we uh, we get Heather, and oh, I think she, this is where she slaps for the first time, I think. Because um, she's just being stupid. So, yeah. Uh, Winona Ryder just slapped Shannon Doherty, and I guess everyone else wanted to slap her too, but that's an art for itself. Um, but we cut in, uh, they're kind of hanging out, and Heather Duke's got an ice pack in her face because she got slapped. Uh, but there's some that radio show, Hot Probs, which I guess yeah. is like uh, <laughs> the precursor to the, that show Love Line with Dr. Drew. Um, and I guess the, t- the DJ radio that did this actually was the guy that started Hot uh, Love Line, so. Um, but yeah, we have Heather McNamara getting on the radio and she's talking to the last guy I had sex with killed himself the next day. You know, I'm failing math. I'll supposed to be the head shoulder, blah, 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 blah. Heather Duke's like, I can't believe she's doing this. We're going to crucify her. 
What a bitch. And then uh, the next day, um, we see Heather number three in the room, and they're badgering the, the living shit out of her. And somewhere on the chalkboard, poor little Heather. Um, you know, and then this is where Veronica says the line, you know, Heather, yeah, Heather, or, uh, we killed Heather Chandler, but Heather Duke's head grew up in her place. Um, and then, yeah, Heather, uh, number three, runs to the bathroom, and Heather Duke's like, oh, I wonder if she's going to cry. Um, she doesn't come back. She doesn't come back. Uh, Veronica goes in and saves her. Um, you know, she's, she's taking a bunch of pills. She's spinning, you know, she's trying to spit them out. He's like, what are you trying to do, kill me? And then uh, Heather's like, what are you trying to do, sleep? <laughs> yeah, that, I, when, I chuckled when that was, that was a good line. Yeah. What are you trying to do, sleep? Yeah. And then Heather's like, suicide's a favorite private thing. And then Veronica's like, what do you want to do, kill yourself and become a statistic in the goddamn U.S. today today? That's probably the least private thing ever, ever. So once again, more credence to, you know, how the media treats teen suicide. Um, and she's like, if you're happy every day of your life, you'd be a game show host. I mean, Bob Barker living that life, you know. Pat Sajak. Goddamn. Yeah, what's going on with him? Like, is he... He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, Pat Sajak's still alive. I thought I saw him uh, chumming around with some... Um, insurrectionists or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, I mean <laughs> TV shows. I mean, how? I mean, why would you want to? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Shout out to Alex Trebek. Good run. San Diego. That still hurts. That's beautiful. Have they ever found a replacement for him yet? Yeah, ask my mom. I don't know. Like they do Celebrity Jeopardy with with uh, Blossom. Um, what the hell's her name? I don't know, man. Yeah, she's got a weird <laughs> name. Uh, but I know Aaron Rodgers was on there, and obviously Ken Jennings, but I mean. Oh, Aaron Rodgers was on a show where he got to proclaim all Smarties? Yeah. Really? Weird, I know. They must have really had to twist his arm to do that. I, I know, so. <laughs> um, so then we have oh, Aaron Rodgers. You know. I'm glad he's really embraced his inner hippie and just takes the offseason and does fucking acid <laughs> on the beach all the time. So good he's on him. Robbie, he's in the fucking Robbie Shankar part of his career. Yeah, man. I mean, good, good on him. So uh, then we cut to JD. Uh, Jason Nini's burning pictures. Um, and we find out that uh, what he wants Heather Duke is to do is sign a big petition. Because uh, Big Fun wants to play a prom. <laughs> um, you know, so Heather Duke's going to flex her muscles to get everyone to sign this, this petition, uh, supposedly. Um, and then she throws uh, JD her copy of Moby Dick, which we saw her, which actually I don't think we addressed. Listen, in the beginning of the movie, uh, she was like always buried in that book. Have you ever read Moby Dick? No. I haven't either. I don't know if I got time for that. So it's also pretty heavy. Someday, maybe. Um, I don't read a lot of fiction. Yeah, well, I'm kind of hit or miss, but yeah, um, yeah. But we find out that uh, Heather Duke got everyone to sign the petition. Uh, but we find out she wasn't necessarily upfront with everybody. Um, you know, Veronica busts out a bunch of things, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, she's talking to Veronica. You're sorry. Um, and then she says, "Well, you know, it was JD's idea." And then Veronica kind of stops, and then, you know, Heather Duke's, like, jealous much. Um, 
you know, and then uh, they get in their big argument, blah, 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 blah. Uh, JD all of a sudden show, and then uh, Heather Duke runs off, and JD swoops in all of a sudden. I don't know where Andy just happens to show up. Um, but he gets all lovey dovey with Veronica, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like, he's like, what are you thinking, Darren? He's like, I'm thinking about slitting Heather or Duke's wrist and making it look like a suicide. He's like, I knew you'd be back. And she ain't doing that. So, um, then, uh, Veronica comes home and goddamn, her parents are fucking dumb. Um, you know, she comes home and, uh, her parents are like, sit down, Veronica. Your friend Jason Dean came says, you know, says you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself. You know, and they you know you're supposed to stay away from prescription pills, sharp objects, blah, 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 blah. And then Veronica just walks away and takes a nap. <laughs> just like, oh, you're gonna kill yourself, and okay. Um yeah, you should always like if if you're worried about a about a teenager harming themselves, you should just let them be alone for extended periods of time. Yeah, I mean that probably makes sense. Um, you know, and then she goes, takes a nap. Um, and then uh JD walks into her room again. Um, you know, just, just happens to show up. Uh, and then he's, you know, reading mo- lines from Moby Dick, you know, they're talking about kill- killing Heather Chandler, and of course he gets the line Eskimo. Um, you know, and they go in this whole spiel, and Veronica tries to kick him out, but JD won't live uh, leave. But Andy, we flash to Heather Duke's house. And uh, JD is rushing into the room with a dirty knife, and she's like, "I think I know Heather a little bit better. If she's going to kill herself, you know, so this knife's going to be spotless." I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so JD cleans the knife, uh, but he shows Veronica the knife, and she sees her reflection in herself, and she's looking in the mirror like, "This could be me someday." Very deep, Andy. So yes, that was a like a an inflection point in the movie. Yeah. Very obvious. Uh, but then Ryan's like, ha, wait a minute. I'm the only one that can forge your signature. You know, you think if I'm writing another suicide note, you're surely mistaken. And then uh, JD points out, you know, so, you know, society will absorb anything that American, their teenagers will do that they'll throw at themselves. And he just writes a note, life sucks. And then I uh, runs into the room and it kills Heather Chandler. Um, and then we see Heather Chandler, or Heather Duke, um, you know, these funerals go pretty quick, Andy. They don't mess around. <laughs> the, the mortician in Sherwood, Ohio, must be very, very efficient. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we cut the funeral, but uh, everyone's wearing those old school three. Remember those old paper 3D glasses? So, yeah. Yep. Um, Why don't you explain those to the high fivers, the younger ones, what those what those are? Back back in the day, our our three D glasses weren't as fancy as they are now. They were basically just little pieces of paper uh, with one red window and one blue one. I don't know why the different colors, but I guess it made it three D. Um, by the way, we just went saw Jaws in three D the other day. That was pretty cool. Saw at the IMAX. Oh, really? Yeah, that was pretty fun experience. So, a couple good things here. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Jaws is awesome, dude. You're probably not going to be Milwaukee on October 13th by chance, are you? Because they live uh, playing over here in 3D. No, not 3D. Was just playing oh. the movie part of Shocktober or Spooktober. So you know, I still have never seen it. I will though. I will watch it. Um, it's it's good. Yeah, like you should you should invest some time in it, man. I will. One of these days, it's gonna it's gonna happen. So, 
Um, yes, I know. Sorry. Uh, but Glenn Shaddix is back. He's giving his little speech. You know, things are a little weird. Um, he goes on this thing. Listen, I can't even do it justice, but just, you know, the way that life can suck. So JD's, you know, suicide note woke. So I'm not sure if Heather Duke's suicide note is also going to make the yearbook. You know, I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> and then uh, in the, all the passages in this book that were underlined, the word Eskimo. So I'm not sure how the preacher got a hold of the book so quickly. And I don't know if we know about Moby Dick. It's not a small book. Um, but it is. Uh, but this is where things get a little weird, Andy. Um, Heather Chandler shows up and tells Veronica that her life is so boring. You know, if she's got to sing Kumbaya one more time, she's going to kill herself. And then she kind of looks at her she's like, we already did. And then uh, she's like, well, I made you spaghetti. And then she slams Veronica's face in it. We find out it was a dream, Andy. It's a dream. Yeah, that was um, that was a bizarre dream sequence. Like, I, I thought that was, like, not needed. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was I, it was just odd, you know. I mean, they could have done. I mean, it was funny, some great lines, um, but who knows? I mean, smarter people than us make those decisions. So, um, but yeah, but uh, you know, Veronica wakes up and then uh, she's done. You know, she goes to her journals as her final entry, and she hangs herself. Andy, our protagonist, has hung herself, and uh, just in time for JD to show up. You know, with his big gun, I don't know what he's going to do, his shooter. I mean, I know her parents are oblivious, but you hear a big, you know, Colt 45 go off like that. It's probably going to wake somebody up, but just me. <laughs> um, you know, and Veronica's mom is calling for dinner for like half an hour before she does anything. Um, and JD's like, well, I loved you. You know, I didn't think you had the stones to do it. I mean, I was coming up here to kill you, but first I wanted you to do my final masterpiece. And we find out, Andy... Petition was not to bring big fun to the prom. It was not to put a hot tub in a, in a room. The hot, the hot tub in the cafeteria was a good yeah. bit. Um, what was the other one? Uh, but we find out that uh, JD has written a suicide pact for the whole school. <laughs> uh, we at Westerberg High will die. And he goes on his whole, you know, how society sucks, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, our burning bodies are a protest to a society that just de- de- degrades us. Fuck you all. Um, not very subtle. And JD compares this blowing up the school. It'll be a Woodstock for the 80s. So I don't, <laughs> I mean, it kind of predates Woodstock 99 where they burned the whole place down. But uh, that's actually kind of funny. I never thought of that before. It's, yeah, I was a little prophetic, I guess, in that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, blowing up a school and you know a hippie fest where people did a bunch of acid and got naked. I mean, a large—I mean, a large, yeah, large music festival. Yeah, yeah. I so, remember, yeah, like I think up until Woodstock '99, like Woodstock was a cultural touch touchstone, and that everybody's like, "Man, can we stop talking about Woodstock? Fuck that!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. But yeah, her parents take forever, and then uh, her mom comes up, and JD's leaving. Uh, mom comes in, and you know Veronica's sitting there hanging there, dead. Um, what's the first thing out of her mouth, Andy? I should let you get that job at the mall. 
I was just worried about she coming home. I mean, like, and then Veronica perps up and we find out she was faking it. So um, Veronica did not hang herself, Andy. So that's good. Um, God damn her mom. So that's the last time we see it. So I then we cut real quick and we see JD making a bomb. And then uh, his dad comes like, hey, dad, I could really use some help with, with my homework. Oh, not right now, son. I'm too busy working or something like that. So, um, and then we cut to the school and I thought JD was suspended, but he just shows up at school. Um, you know, it's been under a week, Andy, since he tried shooting the captain of the football. <laughs> um, uh, and it, it's, you know, and the one thing when I kind of rewatch this, it's amazing how it's business as usual. Like everyone's acting like it's normal. Um, you know, like when we went through this, there was definitely a shift. You know, I, I won't get too deep into it, but they just had four suicides and an attempted suicide in the past three days. And everyone's like, blah, 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 woo, you know. Um, and the kid, the discussion that the kids are having is like, oh, are we going to get a whole day or a half day off of school? You know, that at this point, it's, it's, it's been normalized. So um, then Miss Fleming comes in, runs into Veronica. It's like JD said, um, you killed yourself. And he's like, once again, the most important decision a teenager can make. It's like she keeps <laughs> telling people that and Rock's like, get a job. Um, <laughs> and then uh Veronica sees J- sees JD, uh goes um coming, uh goes to the bathroom and he unpacks a bunch of dynamite, uh just hanging out there in the bathroom stall. Nobody notices. Um, and then Veronica does a good job of following JD. As he puts a bunch of dynamite under the bleachers, nobody notices. <laughs> he's, he's wiring that place to blow, and nobody nobody bats an eye. Um, you know, and it's funny when they're having the pepper the the stoners that are under there, and the one girl like lights a cigarette off the fucking dynamite. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was good about the movie was the stoners and like the burnouts and stuff that they would they would talk to. They would kind of pull them in in the movie, and then yeah. they were just kind of they were like just there for for kind of co- for comedy. Yeah. Oh, like earlier in the movie when uh, after Heather Chandler died, that one girl walks up to Bronx like, you know, I thought your friend was just your typical airhead bitch. I guess I was. Or I guess I had it wrong. We all had it wrong, and she just walked off being a swimmer. <laughs> Yo, bro, we had it wrong, bro. Um, um, yeah, and then uh, oh, and then uh, the bell rings. Everyone's getting ready for their pep rally, and then uh, she asked the one guy, she's like, "Hey, what's below? What's what's down or what's below the ca- or what's below the gymnasium? The boiler room." The guy's like, "You want to go to the boiler?" Or just kind of gets kind of creepy. It's like you want to get freaky in the boiler room, so. I was like, all right. Um, but then we see that JD has gone downstairs. Um, and then Veronica follows him in the boiler room. And uh, once again, kind of picking this. Not a lot of good continuity here, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but we see that uh, Veronica busts in. JD's putting a Norwegian in the boiler room. wonder where he got that room idea from, Andy. And he's got a pack of thermals upstairs, just like his father. Um, so Veronica points a gun in her face and then he gets the gun in her hand and slams her head against the wall and knocks her the fuck out. So I was pretty, actually pretty fucking vicious. Yeah. She took a nasty bump there. So, um, and she wakes up, you know, and JD's doing all of his bomb stuff. Um, she hits him with a fire extinguisher. 
Uh, there's a struggle, and uh, she finally gets the gun, um, and she wants to know how to stop the bomb. And uh, I remember we watched this part a bunch because we didn't notice what actually happened. Um, but she's like, she's like, fuck you, and he flips her off. And um, Veronica's like a fuck of a shot because she blows her middle, his middle finger off. Um, but she couldn't she couldn't hit couldn't shoot Kurt. Before. No. Yeah. And that was a lot smaller gun. I mean, JD's packing some fucking heat with this whatever gun that is. So I just remember the, it's you know the middle finger thing was like a was like a trope throughout because the the nerds were like sit and spin. Yeah. And then he does the he flips her off and she shoots his finger off. Oh, so great. Yeah, I just remember us watching like, wait, did she shoot this? Wait, what? And then yeah, she sure she shot his finger off. Um and uh, JD, JD, JD gives a speech about how different social types, you know, placing it on is heaven. Uh, blowing up the school is um, is getting back in society because society is the school, blah, 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 blah. And basically, Veronica figures out which button it is. She shoots him in the shoulder and walks outside to get some air. Um, <laughs> just very casually goes outside. Um, but Andy, JD's not dead. So instead of actually going through with his plan and actually just blowing up the school anyways because he isn't dead, he just straps the bomb to himself and walks outside. <laughs> I would say like the last the movie is the movie's like 103 minutes long. I would say like that whole pep rally scene is pretty there there's it kind of it 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 kind of loses some stuff. Like there, it's a little off. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but I, I guess what happened to a lot of it is there were a couple different endings that were supposed to happen. So we'll kind of go over that once we're done. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, she gets some air. I just got the bombs dropped to himself. Um, they talk and la da da. And, uh, you know, he starts the bomb. And uh, Veronica grabs a cigarette, and uh, she just puts it in her mouth. And uh, it's kind of an ode to when JD, you know, had lit his cigarette off of her pain. So now she's going to light a cigarette off of her his pain. Although he's blowing himself up with dynamite, she just burned herself with a lighter. Um, but I got a great T-shirt idea that I'll tell you about this, you know, after this because I want someone stealing that and along with your um, Big Papa Dean prequel. Um, but starts the bomb and. Uh, She's, you know, he's trapped in the bomb, starts it, and um, when JD kind of walks off and uh, into the parking lot, and uh, he's like, now that you're dead, what are you going to do with your life? Um, yeah, so Veronica grabbed a cigarette, and, uh, you know, he's not that far, far away from her, but he goes to a Jesus Christ pose, and Andy, JD done blowed up. He done, um, yeah. So... Um, he, um, yeah, he done blew himself up. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, picking nits, but I mean, you're for that close. I mean, Veronica's probably going to get some blowback, but her cigarette got lit, you know, and then everyone in, in the, you know, everyone in the pep rally just runs outside because that's what you do when you hear a big explosion. <laughs> uh, Run towards the explosion. Always. Um, just showing how oblivious everyone is. So. Uh, but yeah, Veronica walks in while everyone goes out. She runs into Heather Duke, and uh, Heather Duke's like, "You look like ass." And then she steals her Red Bull, gives her kid uh, a little kiss on the cheek, and uh, she tells Heather Duke there's a new sheriff in town. 
You know, she's gonna be she's gonna be the Heather that everyone deserves, even though she's a Veronica. And then uh, she runs into to Martha Dumptruck, uh, who's in her little stroller, and she asks her if she wants to she wants to pop some popcorn and rent some movies. And then her and Martha Dumptruck roll off into the sunset. As Martha Dumptruck, she's rolling, she's like driving around her like like a little lost puppy. Um, so, yeah, she's like, like orbiting around her. Um, yeah, so Veronica's gonna be this is gonna be the better Heather, Andy. So, um, that wraps up the movie, Andy. And they went out with uh, uh, Kesara again. Yep, a different version. Yeah, a yep. little jet from Sly's uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting dichotomy from the beginning and the end. So, um, Andy, listen, we talked a little earlier, obviously, like this scene was kind of convoluted. Um, you know, and you really kind of have to suspend your disbelief. But what did you think of the ending, though? Um, I mean, it was con- it's like it's kind of an like you got to have you got to have like this re- redemption thing where Veronica throws off JD or or turns on him. It's like kind yeah. of kind of the baby face turn. What? Yeah. <laughs> So like you got to have that, um, and clearly he was building towards like something spectacular in his psychopathy. Um, so it 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 aligns. I just thought the last like like some of the you mentioned some of the continuity stuff, and it got a little a little unhinged. But I mean it's it's a it's a farce. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I mean everyone that was involved was pretty young. I mean, like the directors and actors and everything. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, and I, I guess there were some more violent endings, but I guess they kind of wanted. Um, they were kind of scared of copycats. So, I mean, you want to love Veronica, but if she kills herself, ours aren't going to copy them. Um, I guess one ending they had where she goes in there with Martha Dump Truck. Uh, and doing her thing, but Martha Dumptruck shoots her in the stomach and says, fuck you, Heather. And then Veronica's last words are, I'm not a Heather, and then she dies. That's fucking dark, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's messed up. Um, I, I kind of like the line, you know, fuck you, Heather, and she's like, but I wasn't a Heather. I was trying to change. Um, and then the other one, I guess, was in the original script, I guess. Um, I guess Veronica kills JD but blows up the school anyways. And then we cut to there's a big prom and big fun's playing, everyone's dancing, blah blah blah. They're kind of with their their client their clicks and everything. Uh then the song switch and then everyone kind of intermingles. And uh the jocks are dancing with the geeks and vice versa, and just kind of going with the whole line that JD's like the only place that true or that true st- uh, social types can get along is in heaven. So, I don't know. I, I kind of think the ending kind of fit. You know? What do you think Stanley Kubrick would have done with the ending? Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to do callbacks here. I mean, Veronica's too naked to get, they're too young to get naked and make out with Tom Cruise. Um, there's no space monkeys in the movie. Um, I think Veronica would have went to other schools and blew up more. <laughs> I think, yeah. Actually, yeah. Maybe listening to Wagner. Yeah, 
<laughs> Veronica takes her goddamn station wagon and puts a bunch of fucking subwoofers in the back and drinks some Wagner. She's going across country, blowing up schools. Yep, that's exactly what it would have done. So, yeah. Um, do you have any course? Cool- she <laughs> concocts some some freaking um, or the whole thing occurs on a space station. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, that's a good point, Andy. I don't know. I, I don't know what you would have done. So, I guess we'll never know. No, no. Um, you've done you've uh, you've done apocalypse now with on the on the pod, right? Oh no, yeah. Oh, that would be that'd be a marathon. So, <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not in, do that in a couple volumes. <laughs> yeah, and you have to do the redo too with all the cutout scenes and everything. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to it if you want to do it someday. So, I mean. <laughs> Maybe what we should do is I I've got a I've got to watch that I got to watch that like beginning to end again. It's been yeah. such a long time since I watched it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking masterpiece. So, um, I mean, well, Martin Sheen's daughter's in this movie, so there you go. So, um, yeah. Well, Andy, any uh, any final thoughts here before we pull the train to the proverbial station, as the kids like to say? Um, do the kids talk about they do they talk about trains a lot now? They should. I mean trains are very prevalent in our society. Oh wait. They aren't, but um I don't know, like you said, from because you because you said you hadn't watched this in what 20 years, huh? Oh, I have I, I I cannot remember the last time I watched it. Um how did it listen, how did it hold up from from previous, you know, from I the thought- I thought it holds, I, I think it holds up pretty well. Like it's, I mean, there, there isn't anything in there that's very like time dependent. So like sometimes you see these movies from the, from the early, from the late eighties or early nineties. And they're really dated because they're doing things that are very specific to the time. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a kind of a plot movie a character movie and, I mean, you could remake it now if you wanted to. Yeah, and which I, I which I listen, listen. So, is that series on? Is that on Amazon? When I was searching for when I was searching for the movie on Amazon, I thought I saw when you type it in, and then you have you know all of the things like that. I thought I saw a series. Okay, yeah, I, I've heard that too, and I know there's a play that's supposed to be really fucking good. Um, you know. And uh, so, so, so you're talking about a prequel, but if you were going to make a sequel, how would you continue the story? I don't know if you can. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, if you had to, like, I does Veronica ever get caught? Is JD dead? I mean, that'd be some that'd be some trickery if JD ain't dead. But I mean, if he's a figment of her imagination. Um, no, I don't think I don't buy that. I don't think he is because he had an interaction with the other Heather. Yeah. Um. That's really the only other person we see him talk to besides Veronica and her dad, though, isn't it? Well, and his dad. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, I'd be it'd be a couple different ways. You'd be like, see her. Like if she's got kids and what her kids go through, so um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where you don't want to see a sequel. I mean, this is definitely a masterpiece on its own. Um, you know, it, it listen, you know, I've watched this, yeah, well over a dozen times since um, puberty. Um, you know, but <laughs> like you said, it, it stands up. Like I said, this story could take place. I mean, there was nothing in, like, even the soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack was more of a score. And there wasn't, I mean, the, the big fun song, but I mean, it wasn't a real song. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The only, I mean, the only thing that the, I don't think there's anything in the movie that dates it to the point where you can't get, a, you can't ignore that. Um, yeah. you know, it's not like they spent all their time in a phone booth or something like that. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, besides the couple cars that you see in the movie, but I mean, right. Yeah. But they were, Using flip phones to communicate all the time. Yeah, I mean, even the even the costumes. I mean, even the. I mean, you could see people wearing everything they wore. You know, besides the swatches. Um, I mean, that was kind of dated, but yeah, it was, I mean, it really kind of it really transcended time. So I mean, we could probably watch this twenty years from now and probably get the same thing out of it. So yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's a classic. Definitely top ten favorite movies. Um, I know you and I have a lot of history, so I really couldn't think anyone else would want to talk to you about this. So, um, yeah, I just appreciate you watching this with me. So, yeah, it's a good time. We uh, we had a lot of fun watching this movie when we were youngsters. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of scenes we just watched over and over. Um, oh, we didn't have a VHS tape. I actually taped it off. What I did is I taped it off HBO. That's what it was. <laughs> well, a VHS tape. It just wasn't like a movie. Movie. It was. You know, you ripped it off from from TV. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I, I remember. Yeah, we I remember because ah, now it's all coming back to me because yeah, we saw the ending. We're like, what the fuck is this movie? So I found I went into this thing called a TV guide, and I don't know if kids know what that is nowadays. Tell the high fivers about a TV guide. A TV guide was this thing. It was like a magazine, and you looked it up, and it told you what time movies were playing on which channel. What's uh, a magazine, Tom? Tell the high fivers about a magazine. It's a magazine. Is this thing? It's got words and pictures in it. Um, it's like the younger i fibers. Yeah. Um, it, it it yeah. It's got it's like it's a physical thing, like a sheet of paper. I don't know if you guys know what that is. A printed publication. Yes. Yeah, and we we get it and we get it in the mail. Remember the TV guy was like a thing you got in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Every week you got a TV guy in the mail. Yeah, but we yeah we figured out when it was playing. We threw in the old tape player. And then we went out and terrorized Delfield, breaking and setting things on fire, and came back and watched the movie. See, now I I didn't get the TV guide. We didn't subscribe to the TV guide when I was a youngster. We got the TV section out of the newspaper. Oh, so yeah. Maybe, maybe you want to explain to the high fivers what a newspaper, the younger high fivers about a newspaper. And you know, what's funny is my mom still gets a Sunday paper so she can get the, t- the, the guide out of there still. So. <laughs> To this day, and she still writes checks. So, oh, I'm on the bomb. So, um, yeah, I bought I bought a Sunday paper a couple weeks ago for I don't know, like five and a half bucks, and nice. there's like nothing there. No, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a bunch of old wire stories that were printed from Saturday. Yeah. Like, oh, I can see why people don't spend money on printing newspapers anymore because this is a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah, so we taped Heather's, and then HBO After Dark was after that, so I'm sure we caught some some naughtiness on that whole tape. So, um, yeah, we were at my dad's house, and my dad was a very laissez-faire parenting at this point in his life, so he kind of let us 
go terrorize things. So we probably well, I mean, in all reality, like, I mean, the kind of trouble that we got into is pretty, pretty tame. So, yeah, I mean, we weren't shooting people. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you really had to work, you know, work pretty hard to get in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, not that we didn't try sometimes, but like, you know, it didn't usually pan out that way. Yeah. So, well, sweet. Well, Andy, thank you so much. And uh, high fivers. I hope you enjoyed our in-depth analysis of the 1989 uh, dark comedy classic, cult classic, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Heather. So we will see everybody next time. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.